2: Hey there Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of, oh my Atlanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. So today I'm continuing the series Back to School Part 2, which is focusing on school-related episodes. Last week we had a DJ episode in season two's El Problemo. Grande de DJ. Now we have a Stephanie School related episode with season 5, episode 17, entitled Spellbound, which aired on January 28th, 1992. In this episode, Stephanie participates in a spelling bee. That's pretty much the only thing they have here for the episode description. However, we also have a plot B. Which includes Michelle wanting to learn how to read. Which, at that point, she's five years old. I can understand. I think it's because Stephanie's in a spelling bee and everyone's like, oh. You know, everyone knows how to spell and and read and she maybe, I don't know, maybe she feels left out. Or maybe it's just the fact that she wants to be like. You know, everyone else can read. Why can't I read? And I kind of like how sometimes the younger sibling kind of takes it upon themselves to learn how to do something. Like, I'm going to learn how to do something because my older sibling can already tie their shoes. I'm going to learn how to tie my shoes. Or, oh... My older sibling can go to the bathroom. Well, I want to learn how to use a toilet or, or some type of logic like that. Um, a good example would be my sister saying how her oldest son was starting school and her youngest son, who wasn't yet in school, wanted to go to school. And she said, well, you have to learn how to... Use the potty before you can go to school. And he took it upon himself to say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to learn to use the bathroom. Granted, he was like four. But even still, I mean, the determination. And sometimes that's just what it is. It's just the, the younger kids like, I want to do what the older sibling's doing. So, like I said, this episode's got a 6.9 out of 10 based on I have 170 ratings. So, guest starring we have... Returning, Philip Levian as Mr. Lowry. And we have Jared Leong, L-E-O-N-G, playing Davey Chu. Now, one thing I was thinking about in my mind that I thought would have been an interesting twist. Because the last time we saw saw Stephanie's friend Harry would have been Nerd for a Day. That was the last time we ever saw Harry. And then, of course, you know, we get him for a scene in Fuller House when he's getting married. But I thought this would have been an interesting way to bring Harry back, having he and Stephanie kind of be know rivals, kind of like they weren't as close as they used to be. They both kind of went their separate ways. And then all of a sudden it's like he's in another class and she's in a class and they're both kind of pitting us each other. And just kind of, I just, I think that would have been interesting To watch that play out, like, two people that used to be friends kind of going up against each other and everything. And I just thought, I just thought that would be, that'd be interesting. It kind of would have raised the stakes a bit. Because with Davy Chu, Stephanie just sees him as an adversary. Er, Is that right? Adversary? No, maybe that's not. Um, Basically, he's just her arch rival when it comes to spelling. In fact, Stephanie reveals that this kid's got a nickname The Human Dictionary. Okay, so I did use it right. Adversary one's opponent in a contest, conflict or dispute. Okay, so I did use that term correctly. I think it's kinda hard like especially on step when you know Danny's saying like oh you are the best speller in this house. (laughs) <laughs> and you get that boost of confidence and everything. And think about it, She was picked out of all the kids in her class to represent, you know, his class for the spelling bee. And I'm just thinking, it's it's nice to have it, but, but then it's like you come into competition with somebody who is so well-known as a spelling bee champ that he's got his own nickname, the Human Dictionary. And she immediately succumbs to defeat, like, oh, man, I'm never gonna beat him. And I like that, you know, and I'll get into it as I go in the episode, that Danny builds her up. It's like, I don't want to hear that kind of, you know, defeatist talk. It's like, are you gonna be a winner? Or are you gonna sit there and, you know, grouse and already throw in the towel when you haven't even competed yet, so... So, it looks like the boy who plays Davey, Jared Leong, is, this is all he did. He didn't act after this. As far as the man who plays Mr. Lowry, he was in some movies. Beverly Hills Cop, Patriot Games, uh, a couple episodes of Full House. (laughs) Oh, he was in Dallas? Oh, that's interesting. Um... It is enough. Okay, so he's got a decent resume. Good for him. So this episode was directed by Joel Zwick, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Dennis Rinsler and Mark Warren. So Dennis Rinsler actually has worked on since season two all the way to season eight. Season two, Jingle Hell, Beach Boy, Bingo, Pal Joey, Luck Be a Lady, part one. Season 3, Granny Tanny, Divorce Court, No More Mr. Dunguy, Those Better Not Be The Days. Season 4, The IQ Man, Viva Lost Joey, Working Girl, and Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Season 5, Take My Sister Please, The Volunteer, Play It Again, Jesse, Spellbound, and Captain Video Part 2. Season 6, Come Fly With Me, Suburban Subterranean Graduation Blues, Room for One More, and The House Meets the Mouse Parts 1 and 2. Seven. It was a dark and stormy night. The perfect couple. Be your own best friend. A date with fate. Too little. Richard too late. And a house divided. Season eight. Oh, he wrote the uh, season premiere. Come to Excellent Adventure. Cool. We got the beat. All stood up. And he wrote Michelle Rides Again Parts 1 and 2. So definitely it seems like he's one for writing season openers and season He wrote the series finale, guys. Wow. Wrote the season finale for season seven. And the season, this, is, this has got to be their go-to guy for writing the series finale, season finales. Because again, House Meets the Mouse part one and one and two. Wrote that one. He Wrote Captain Video part two. And also, Lucky A Lady Part 1. So definitely they tend to, like, grab him for some, like, hey, we need a good, how are we going to close out the season? They turn to Dennis. I think he also produced quite a bit of those episodes, too. Looks like Mark and, Mark Warren and Dennis were the, kind of, the writing team for those episodes, because I'm looking at what Mark Warren is doing. It's pretty much the same exact episodes. That Dennis was, uh, Dennis Rinsler was doing. So they might, maybe they were a writing team and they kind of worked together on these episodes. That's pretty cool. They churned out some good ones. I'll tell you that much. Let's jump into the trivia and then we'll get into the goofs. Trivia, there's only one. The episode's title, Spellbound, was also the name of the second music album by Paula Abdul, who dated John Stamos. All right. First goof during the spelling rematch in the live in the living room, Danny gives Stephanie the word trigonometry, but he turned the back of the dictionary. He did the same thing with the word sarsaparilla. In the episode, Danny says Stephanie has been reading since she was four years old, but in the First episode of the second season, when Jesse breaks his arms and asks Stephanie to help him write down his song, she says, I could do that if you write about Dog, Cat, Tree, and Stephanie. Yeah, but by season two, Stephanie was in first grade. In season one, she was four going on five. When DJ is teaching Michelle how to read, the way she writes Michelle's name on the chalkboard changes, or constantly changes. Alright, when Jesse is trying to teach Michelle to read, he writes at on the board. The way it is written changes between scenes. Well, I will definitely keep my eyeballs open for that. While DJ is trying to teach Michelle how to read, you can see that the end of Michelle's ponytail keeps switching from being curled up and being straight in between the shots. Okay, so those are some things to look for. When DJ is trying to teach Michelle to read, she writes Michelle's name. um, The stem on the letter M changes from long to short in between shots. Factual errors. Davey Chu capitalizes on step Spanish misspelling of mnemonic, spelling it correctly and eliminating her. In a spelling bee, if a student misspells a word, the next student must spell, must correctly spell a completely different word in order for the student before him slash her to be eliminated. Yeah, because I, yeah, I don't think they give them the same exact word. They will give them something completely different. And of course, your favorite segment in mine is the user reviews love these. I love them. Of course, the ever faithful Power Man Dan gives this a 9 out of 10. Titling it, Great episode about a great tournament. I personally have always been enthusiastic for Spilling Bees. And it seems like this is the only episode in a family sitcom that deals with one. Fine by me. Actually, well, I mean, yes. Full House deals with this. There's also, there's Mr. Belvedere. Wesley's in a spelling bee. There is Roseanne where DJ is in a spelling bee. So, not the only, but then again, I'm trying to think. Now, was Roseanne classified as a family sitcom? Well, it had kids in it and they were a family, so I wouldn't see why not. But then again, I could spend all the episode talking about every single uh, show that had an episode about a spelling bee. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pretty much talk about the ones I'm familiar with. So, Stephanie is the best speller in her class. If she wins the spelling bee in her grade, she can go on to the city, then state, then nationals. Despite being an excellent speller, she bears a slim chance of outdoing her peer, David Human Dictionary Chew. Stephanie's Preparations prompts Michelle to learn how to read with some difficulty. Since reading is so crucial and so many people these days can't spell. Wait, what? Um, this is this person's personal opinion. Um, anyway, it gives me great pride to see those that can. Stephanie and Michelle are good examples. This episode also tackles winning and losing great. The means of being a good winner, sore loser, slash, etc. And it looks like Power Mandans was the only review for this episode. Alright, so I read the IMDb description. Now I like to read the one off the DVD box. Which says, how do you spell Relentless. Question mark. A spelling bee brings out an un. A spelling bee brings out an ultra competitive streak in Stephanie. Uh, I want to read this one from last week's episode. El problema grande de DJ. I don't think I read this. So, here's a summary on the DVD box for this or the DVD case. DJ's D in Spanish sends Danny to confront her teacher, who turns out to be a fan, and a cutie. Uh, okay, I don't think we needed to say "cutie." She was a beautiful lady, but mm. anyway. So usually I like to pick like, what do I like better? Do I like the DVD case description, or do I like the IMDb? Since the IMDb one was so short, I. Definitely have to go with this DVD case description. I, I, Some of these are very clever. Some are hit and miss. It really, it just, it depends. So, of course, before I officially, officially get into the episode, I always like to let the Tanner newbies who have joined the podcast family I want to welcome you guys aboard. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. That really means a lot. We have a long back catalog that goes all the way to April 2019, starting with a pilot episode of both Full House and Fuller House, because this is a podcast that also doesn't just cover episodes of Full House, but also episodes of Fuller House. And a theme like... Episode selection. Yeah, I don't go episode by episode, season by season. I like to just group episodes together based on a theme or based on a character. So, Also, how you can listen to the podcast. You can listen on iTunes. You can listen on SoundCloud. The All My Lanta Holy Chilupas podcast does have its own SoundCloud page. It also has its own, you know, on iTunes. You can also, if you've been listening for quite a while to Punky Brewster, the Punky Power podcast, it's there. It's also on my Looking Back on my Wonder Years podcast as well. And if you want to go through the entire back catalogs of those shows, your best bet is going to be going directly to SoundCloud and don't downloading episodes from there because... For whatever reason, I don't know why, iTunes tends to only hold so many episodes, and then eventually they start to slowly disappear, but SoundCloud has all of them. Also, another thing, if you're a regular listener, if you're a new listener, if you want to support the show, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for money. This is completely free content just to you, the viewers. The list the viewers (laughs) those that viewed Full House, Fuller House, that listeners that listen to the podcast. Uh, the only thing I ask is, you know, if you are enjoying the podcast, just the great way to help it out, jump on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a review. That way the podcast gets more notice by other full house and fuller house fans like yourselves. Another way, if you want to get your voices heard about on the podcast, the great way to do that would be just to send an email to podcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk about your favorite episodes, your favorite characters, if you have a top five best worst list, I would love to hear it. I want to eventually... Get into doing stuff like that, like top ten, mo- top five moments, best worst characters. Also, episodes where, like, say DJ was the worst, based on the situation, like when she brought Rocket home, the horse, when <laughs> she lied about being sick to go to the mall to get Stacey Q's autograph. Last episode where she wanted Danny to fix her D in Spanish. That could even be a a poll on social media, which is another thing. If you're looking to follow along with the podcast on social media, there are a few places you can go. It's got its own Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast. You can go to Instagram at podcast. You can go to Twitter at OMHCFullHouse. Something else I want to bring up. I had kind of been, I am not want to say that I've been struggling with trying to figure what to do for December. But I was reading yesterday and I'm like, you know what? It it just, it it came to me. I'm like, that is a good idea. I started 2020 with Jesse and Rebecca. With their story arc, their love story arc. Like, I think I want to close out 2020 with Jesse and Becky. With Parenting 101, the series. Which is going to focus on Jesse and Becky as parents. The first episode, of course, being Nikki and or Alex, where they bring the twins home from the hospital. And their journey as parents begins. From there, we're going to go to another episode in season five, Yours, Mine, and Ours, where one of the twins gets sick and Jesse and Becky are arguing they both have different ways of how they want to raise their kids. And we get (laughs) a hilarious flash forward into the future where they're each raising the twin they named, and one is worse than the other, basically. And we got three episodes from season seven. The first one, Tough Love, where Jesse has to finally discipline the kids after they are out of control. Season seven, "Support Support Your Local Parents... Where Nikki and Alex are only playing with each other in daycare. They won't separate and mingle with the other kids. And Jesse and Becky finally have to realize we have a problem that is bigger than us. We need to find support outside of our family unit unit. And of course, the last episode, Trouble in Twin Town. We get Larry Appleton from Perfect Strangers, Mark. Lynn Baker coming on as Becky's cousin Dick from Nebraska, her hometown. He's rich as all get out. He's the biggest jerk in the world. His wife and his two twin kids. Apparently twins run in Becky's family. (laughs) make a visit for the Twin Expo, which I'm still kind of rolling my eyes at, really. You came all the way from Nebraska to California to a Twin Expo. Wow! (laughs) But anyway, yes, and that's how I'll close out 2020. All right, without further ado, let's jump into the cold open of Spellbound. Okay, yeah, jumping into this cold open... DJ is reading Michelle, A Bedtime Story. So yes, at this point in time in the series, Stephanie and Michelle are sharing a bedroom. And DJ's reading Michelle, The Cat in the Hat. Which is interesting because that book will come back later on. And I just, you know, some of these cold opens I'm familiar with, but some of them I... My reaction is like, I've never seen them before. And this just... This one here does not feel familiar to me. I think it's because Spellbound is an episode I... I don't really watch as often as some others, but... This is a cute scene. Michelle asks why it's called The Cat in the Hat. And DJ says, well, because it doesn't have the same... She says, because it wouldn't have the same ring to it if it was called The Cat in the Vest. And Michelle's like, very interesting. Like, she is like, "Mm, okay, let's all answer that question. And DJ's like, all right, let's begin our story. And she starts reading from The Cat in the Hat. My guess is Michelle's going to continue with the questions and step. DJ's not going to be getting through this book. I love how she says, excuse me, because she's interrupting DJ. Like, DJ starts like, that day, the sun didn't shine at all. And Michelle's like, excuse me, why didn't the sun shine? Like, uh. And DJ's, like, trying to come up with an answer on the spot. DJ tells her, because it was raining. And Michelle's like, very, very interesting. Wow, kid. Um, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> DJ's never gonna get through that book if you keep interrupting every single sentence with a question. Because she's asking... DJ, as she continues reading, what day of the week was it? It's like, does it, does it say? I don't think it says. So DJ's caught on to Michelle's little plan. She's like, well, excuse me. I've gotten on to your little plan here. You're gonna ask me questions after every sentence, so I'll be reading you this book for over two hours and you will never go to sleep. DJ says to Michelle, you're pretty smart. And Michelle said, "You're pretty smart too." And they both tickle each other. That was cute. I liked that. And I liked that later, the Cat in the Hat does come back into play towards the end of the episode.
0: Now for your bedtime story, The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. Excuse me, why is it called the Cat in the Hat? Because it wouldn't have the same ring to it if it was the cat in the vest. Very interesting. Now let's begin our story. The sun did not shine. Excuse me, how come the sun didn't shine? Because it was raining. Very, very interesting. It was too wet to play, so we sat in the house all that cold, cold, wet day. Excuse me, what day of the week was it? Excuse me. I just figured out your little plan. You are asking me questions after every sentence, so I will be reading you this story for the next two hours and you will never go to sleep. You're pretty smart, Michelle. You're pretty smart, too.
2: (laughs) All right, we come out of the intro. We're in the kitchen. Baby Nikki and Alex are in their little car seats on the kitchen counter. jesse made cookies oh i okay i'm gonna be because he's wearing my favorite color red but he's got like black and gray and white stripes you know going down on either side of the front of his shirt which just adds to the appeal as well i love how he's like get a whiff of them and it's like but they can't eat them I mean, by the looks of Nikki and Alex here, they look to be probably about, what, four to six months old? I wouldn't be trying them on cookies. They look like they're still probably nursing at this point. Or at least getting onto the baby food, which, you know, the, the step process of, you know, nursing the babies and then... Listen to me sound like I think I know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Every baby, I'm sure, is different in how it comes to food. Like, first you're doing this, then you're slowly moving on to this, and then you graduate from that, and you move on to the this type of food. And Jesse tells him, like, I bet at times like these you wish you had teeth. So I ask them if they want to swing because they have the little, uh, baby swing things set up, you know, the motorized swing that it just kind of... Those things in itself make me nervous. I wonder if those things, especially in 1990, if those had been recalled. Because they just... I mean, more like... They're actually... I can't remember. There might be a picture of me in one. I'll have to look. But I kind of wonder if things like that nowadays would be recalled, especially the ones from the 90s, and just what other types of alternatives are there to the baby swing? Now, what if it's going too fast and the baby feels, you know, jostled and just, you know, going back and forth, and or the thing—it just. I don't know. Well, I'm going to move on from the baby swing thing. It just makes me nervous. What if they t- those things topple over and take the babies with them? Oh, my goodness. This, mm, okay. All right. So through the living room door into the kitchen come Danny, Becky, and Joey. Joey's got Mr. Woodchuck on his arm, and they all notice the cookies. Joey right away is going to the fridge like, all right, I'm going to get that milk. I think I'm calling it right now, but I'm going to put a pin in it as far as the worst outfit. Becky's blazer just, uh, I don't really care for it. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Oh, Becky notices the gingerbread men. And Jesse corrects her saying, no, 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 no. I don't just have gingerbread men here. I have the entire family because what else is he doing at the moment? We don't have Rush Hour Renegades yet until season, what, six, seven. We just have Jesse trying to get his music career off the go- off the ground. So, he's got a lot of spare time to make gingerbread cookies. So, we get a close up shot of Gingerbread Rebecca, who is wearing a white with puke green and cotton candy pink polka dots. It just, it honestly looks like something she would have worn while she was pregnant, a maternity type dress she's got a white smile she's got short a short light brown bob i like how the eyes are like to, it's almost like they're they're looking to the right gingerbread danny is wearing a tux like a black tux with a black bow tie and two little black buttons Oh, he's got a he's got a little broom there attached to his hand. That's adorable. Jesse clearly put a lot of time and effort into making these gingerbread cookies. Gingerbread Joey has got no hair. He's got lime green pants, black shoes, and I'm guessing the tan shirt he's wearing is resembling his Ranger Joe uniform. I love Joey's reaction as he he glares at Jesse and asks, why am I bald? Jesse used the last bit of frosting on his hair. Well, first of all, you wouldn't need to use black frosting on Joey because he is a blonde. You could use, you know, yellow mixed with I don't know, just yellow by itself, I guess. Um, he's got Jesse's got his gingerbread wearing a sleeveless, you know, a black leather vest basically, and probably black leather pants. And his hair is just over the top, really thick, looks like a bob, like a a black bob, and it's just it's not. Couldn't less look less like Uncle Jesse, but then again, I don't want to put down his creativity because pretty much the creativity and effort he'd be putting into music right now, he's he's poured all of it into the gingerbread. What about gingerbread DJ Stephanie and Michelle and Nicky and Alex? He said he he had the whole family. I want to see the others. Yeah, Danny pretty much says what we're all thinking in our heads as he says. Oh, you better get a record deal real soon. <laughs> Joey's got a ginormous glass pitcher of milk. So, Joey actually has a job for Jesse. It's like, I need something to introduce cartoons on the Ranger Joe show. So I need something snappy. And then he turned, he's got Mr. Woodchuck, you know, his arm up Mr. Woodchuck's back. And he's like, would you do it? Would you do it? Would you do it? Do it? Do it? And it's like... Ugh, Mr. Woodchuck, get out of my face. I can't believe that Jesse is immediately turning this down. Clearly he'd get paid in some way. But he's like, I don't do snappy. He's like, dude, you are not doing anything musically creative at the moment. Don't bite the hand. Someone's someone's offering you something. A nibble. a, A tidbit. Take it you imagine in the credits you got the song and you say and it'll say written by Jesse Katsopoulos and performed by Jesse Katsopoulos. he really he's not doing anything right now so really you don't got what are you gonna lose by doing this nothing but then again it's Jesse Street cred. he wants to be looked at as a rock and roller which he really he sings ballads. That's, I mean, I like a good ballad as much as the next person, but in the 90s, you really, your music had to have oomph. It had to have, like, sound, just kind of music that people want to get up and just, like, you know, bang their head or, or, or rock out or just, I mean, it's good to have a ballad once in a while, but you need to get up and go and just let loose type of music sometimes, too. And... That's really what these... Every time he gets turned down... By a record company... That's kind of the sound that they're looking for... Is the upbeat music... Where it's like... Everything we've heard Jesse do... It's been ballads... And the one thing I gotta say with Jesse's voice... As nice as his voice is... It's really... I And I've said it in past podcast episodes before... When it comes to his music... And hearing... The instruments are overshadowing, overpowering his voice. Like, so you gotta get that voice up, 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 rise above the instruments so you're not being drowned out by them. Oh, Danny's the one that says, you know, you get a paid a royalty every time they use your song. And that's what steals the deal for Justin. Alright, call me Mr. Snappy. I love how his hands are on his hips.
3: Mm, check this out, boys. Daddy's cookies. Have a little whiff. There, there you go. <laughs> Times like this, I bet you wish you guys had teeth, huh? <laughs> Come on. You guys want to swing? Let's swing. Uh, Here we go. Don't touch me. Hey, Jess. Hi, Dad. Ooh, cookies. Hi. I'll get them. Out. Hi,
4: my boys. Hi, hi, hi sweetie. Oh, look at that, gingerbread man.
3: Oh, not just gingerbread man, I have a whole gingerbread family. So you go, sure. gingerbread Rebecca, isn't she a fox, have mercy. <laughs>
2: yes.
3: Your gingerbread Danny, notice the resemblance there.
2: Oh, the nose sticks out, that's what Joe, no, Danny took off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and of course, your gingerbread Joey, there you go. Why am I bald? Sorry, Joey. I uh, <coughs> used the last bit of frosting on my hair.
2: <laughs> you wouldn't be giving Joey black
5: hair, though. You know, you
3: better get a record deal real soon.
5: Yeah. yeah. Well, in the meantime, I may have a job for you. I need a song to introduce cartoons on the Ranger Joe Show. I need something
3: snappy.
0: Rizzo Durrut. Rizzo Durrut. Rizzo. 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 Rizzo.
3: Joey. I don't do snappy.
5: You know, you get paid a royalty every time they play your song. Call me Mr. Snappy.
0: <laughs> oh
2: wow! I thought this was morning. No, it's mid-afternoon. Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah, making cookies. I was gonna. I was just thinking about like yeah, you know, they had cereal and breakfasty stuff. You don't want cookies right? Well. Mean, that's nice. You come home, someone's made you some cookies. Speaking of cookies, I should get on making some eventually. Not homemade, store-bought. <laughs> the kind that you just pop in the oven. Holiday themed ones. I got some hot cocoa ones. I think it was like hot cocoa cheesecake or something. Pillsbury brand. And of course my favorite. The Toll House turtle cookies with pecans and caramel and the chocolate chips. I know I'm making you hungry. I I, I figured I would be. (laughs) So yeah the girls file in. It's after school. Stephanie's trying to make her voice heard out of everybody you know like Danny's asking how's your school day Jesse's coming over with the other family members of the gingerbread clan and she's like I got big news people I got big news people she finally pulls out a chair stands up and is like does the little I can't do that whistle but luckily she gets everybody's attention everyone stops talking to look at her because she's like Seven feet tall now, standing on a chair. And he actually says to Michelle, who's sitting across the table at him, "Michelle, honey, I don't want you to spoil your dinner. It's one cookie. She's probably gonna eat the cookie that you know Jesse made that looks like her, and that's it." I mean, what time do the girls get home from school? Four o'clock? What time do we eat dinner? I doubt they're eating at five. My guess is this family probably eats dinner maybe between six and seven o'clock. That's six o'clock I usually can do because Jeremy doesn't, you know, get home from work till 530. Um, But seven is beyond pushing it. I think one night it actually... Our dinner was at 7 because I made that Zatarain's jambalaya with cheese and just literally took forever for the moisture, not the moisture, the um, the liquid in it to kind of get sucked up because, you know, you have it boil and then you set it on low for, you know, like a half hour or whatever because we like to put... Well, I, we'd like to have like the front the the eggs. You put the eggs in there, and for the last like ten minutes, and then that way it's. But it just I kept looking like this. This liquid's not going down. It's not going down. It's like going on like seven o'clock. It's like I felt horrible. I didn't want to throw it away because it's like I'd be wasting six eggs. So, just like next time, it's like. I, I almost kind of second-guessed myself thinking I'd already put in the water that needed, and maybe I put in too much, but... I mean, it tasted good, but I just... I don't know. I'm like, next time, I'm just... I don't know. <laughs> I love how Danny is so concerned with Michelle spoiling her dinner, but doesn't say anything about... Stephanie and DJ. But luckily... Stephanie's got their attention. I love how Stephanie's got the side pony. She does sometimes on episodes have that. And it's a good look for her. Okay, so, so far in the running for worst outfit of the episode it's going to be Becky in this blue like blazer thing that's got like crisscross like pink, yellow, different colors in it that I'm just not digging. But Stephanie's coming in with a white sweatshirt with what looks like someone used like a gel pen and just put like a star, heart, moon all over the shirt. And it just, it looks really, really tacky. It looks like one of those create your own shirts. I said, I did something like that for 4-H once. Um, I was into the Ninja Turtles, and I made a Ninja Turtle on my sh- the front of my uh, white t-shirt. And S- Stephanie wants to point out just how big this news is. I- this is big. It's huge. I'm talking large. Humongo. And Michelle's like, you're talking too much. What is it? Massively Gigando. I don't know. What would you call Michelle's... P- is that like a... A top pony or th- there's so many different types of ponytails, side pony, high pony. What, what's what's my Michelle's like a top pony? I have no idea. Stephanie refers to herself. She says you are looking at the top spelling grade champion of Mr. Lowry's fourth grade class. And if you watch the season five opener, Double Trouble, that is where Stephanie starts fourth grade, Michelle starts kindergarten, and we do meet Stephanie's teacher, Mr. Lowry, who she admits to having a crush on. Everyone's like, wow, that's wonderful, Steph. And Danny, who's, you know, Mr. Clean, is like, oh, Steph, can you get down off the cushion, please, on the seat? You're getting it dirty. I, (laughs) I love how when Michelle came in, she was carrying a purple lunchbox. And she must have came in, and then when they cut to, you know, the adults over by the kitchen counter, we come back, and we see that Michelle just, like, tossed it under the table. So she's like, there's more news to this. This Friday, she's competing for best speller in the entire fourth grade. Danny is like he just took this news and ran with it. He's like, "Oh my gosh! If you make this, you'll be you could be the best speller in the city, and then you can move on to the state, and then you could be the national champion." Wow. Um, I didn't know that that was an honor. You could meet. the... <laughs> Danny's like, oh, you We can meet the president, everybody. Like this is our this is our golden ticket here with Stephanie." <sighs> so Stephanie already is kind of putting herself down. She's already, it's like, def- feels defeated before she's even really gotten going. She's like, Dad, I'm never gonna win. I'm never gonna beat out Davy Chu, the smartest kid in school. They call him the Human Dictionary. So, Danny immediately chastises her like, Seth, I don't want to hear that negative attitude. If you want to be a winner, you have to think like a winner. So, it looks like Joey is pulling either... I don't know my wrestling. I'm gonna say either Hulk Hogan or Macho... What the heck? Macho Man Randy Savage? I don't know. The guy in the Slim Jim commercial. He does an impression of that. So Stephanie's like, David, you prepare to be pulverized. And then she spells pulverized. Everyone's congratulating her. DJ's like, Steph, you're gonna do great. And Jesse's like, yeah, I mean, Steph, you were reading since you were four. And Michelle... Did you kind of take that as a knock on her in a way because she's five? She's like, I'm five. I, how come I can't read yet? Um, nobody took the time to teach you, apparently. And Becky, of course, being the motherly figure here, is like, oh, honey, everybody reads at their own level. I'm sure you'll start very soon. I'm like, none of you guys up to this point, this is the first time when we get Danny DJ and Jesse showing Michelle letters and how to spell things. She's in kindergarten. Shouldn't she have some I mean I'm not expecting her to like be able to like read a novel but she should have some concept. She's five. They could have started I mean we see on occasion you know Danny's reading her a book Stephanie's reading her a book from time to time, sitting in that chair. When she gets to be about maybe, you know, three or f- even four, it's like, you could, like, come on, let's, you know, you know bring out that, that chalkboard thing and just start with the letters and stuff like that. She re- they really should have been on the ball with this. They really, really should have. Instead of, you know, these funny catchphrases, like, help this child... Who's going to go into kindergarten. Is she going to know her ABCs? Well, yeah, she does know her ABCs. I remember that episode, Um, No More Mr. Dumb Guy, where she says her ABCs. So she knows them. But it's never too early to start them not just getting into reading, but also maybe sounding out words and stuff like that. You know, I started learning how to read with, um, probably books that my my grandparents had from when my dad was young, like, you know, fun with Dick and Jane. I, I remember sitting there and just sounding out the words. And just the feeling, the satisfaction of sounding out a word and getting it. I, I gosh I kind of wonder and I, this is not a slight on Michelle this is not a slight on her at all I think the fact that Michelle is used to being the center of attention and now that attention temporarily as it is is set on Stephanie Michelle takes it upon herself like I want to be the center of attention and I want to learn how to read and in order for me to be able to be the center of attention. I need to know how to read stuff. I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is what I'm kind of getting is because as soon as Jesse says, you've been reading since you were four stuff, Michelle, like, latches onto to this. Like, what? How come I can't read? I'm five. I should be able to read. But I love her determination. And just this can-do, go-get-em attitude she's got. And she's, she's five. I just... Some of these kids, just they're go-getters. Like, they see an obstacle and they're like, I'm going to conquer this. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what I got to do. I am going to beat this and I'm going to achieve. I'm going to achieve this. I'm going to conquer this hurdle. I'm going to conquer this hill. I love how everyone stops talking, looks at Michelle as she gets out of her seat, walks around to the table and takes the newspaper. Danny's like, Michelle, where are you going with my paper? And Michelle says, To the bathroom. That's where Joey reads. Michelle, wait. I don't
3: want you to spoil your
4: dinner, honey. Thank you. As I was saying, I have big, big news. I'm talking large. I'm talking huge. I'm talking massively gigundo.
0: <laughs> You're
4: talking too much. What is it? <laughs> you are looking at the spelling bee champion of Mr. Lowry's fourth grade class. Right. Step that's that's hey. wonderful. Oh, uh, honey,
5: could you get down? You're getting the seat cushion dirty.
4: <laughs> Wait, there's more news. This Friday, I'm in the finals for best speller in the fourth grade.
5: That's terrific. Steph, if you make best in school, you could go on to the city, and then the state, and then you could become the national champion. We could all meet the president.
4: Dad, calm down. I'm never gonna beat Davey Chu. He's the smartest kid in school. They call him the human dictionary.
5: Whoa, Steph, I don't wanna hear that kind of negative attitude. If you wanna be a winner, you gotta think like a winner. That's right
3: listen up human dictionary stephanie tanner is gonna tear you vowel from vowel, and eat
5: your consonants for lunch you're
4: right (laughs) jimmy chu prepare to be pulverized p-u-l-v-e-r-i-z-e-d pulverized steph you're gonna do great
3: yeah you've been reading since you were four
4: hey i'm five how come i can't read well honey not everyone starts to read at the same age i'm sure you'll read very soon I am to read right
2: now. Well, if you guys could help her, she would have been already reading by this point.
5: Michelle, where are you going with my paper?
4: To the bathroom. That's where Joey reads.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright, so I'm guessing I'm going to say Jesse and Joey and this jingle that Jesse is writing for the Ranger Joe show. That'll be plot two. And then I'd say Michelle and Jesse, DJ, and Danny, you know, TJ Michelle to read. That's going to be plot three. Or plot B, plot C. So Jesse and Joey are in the basement. Jesse is on his keyboards. And he's getting ready to go for the jingle for to introduce the cartoons. And they have Nikki and Alex, of course, in their little car seats on like a little uh Ottoman footstool. So it's a cute, it's a cute little jingle. I mean I like how Joey gets into it with the uh you know, drawing the the fake guns out of his fake holsters and everything and he's really jiving into it, but it turns out nah he doesn't really like it. It's I think, really, it's just got to be something short and simple. Because the show is only so long. What's The show's got to be, what, maybe a half hour long? I wouldn't say it's very long. No kids are going to stick in for an hour long show. Audience loves it. They really love it. But I think maybe they love how Joey was reacting to all the sounds and the lyrics. So Jesse's like, all right, what'd you think? Joey turns to Jesse and says, totally wrong. And Jesse's surprised. Like, what, what do you mean? I mean, you were doing, like, the, the finger guns and all this stuff. And Joey pretty much is just looking for a childlike quality. Jesse's song doesn't have it. Plus, I think, like I said, I think it's too long. It's like, you want something, you get in, you get out, let's get to the cartoons. If you could fast forward live TV back in nineteen ninety, I can assure you the child would have the remote in the hand with the finger on the button. Like, I don't want to hear this jingle. Zip, let's get to the cartoons. <laughs> Jesse's like, Kids, look at look at my kids here. They're elated. They love it. And we cut to the kids and they are blank faces. Oh no, they're both looking at Joey like, What do you want us to say? <laughs> Oh, they look at Joey. They both, their heads are staring at Joey. And then they turn away disinterested. (laughs) Like, yeah, they're babies. Like, this conversation has nothing to do with this. No comment, no comment. (laughs) So, Joey, what he's looking for. And I think he hits a nail on the head. He's like, I'm just looking for something a little cartoonish, like this. It's time for another cartoon. And, you know, a little sound thing. You know, a little, um, little sound effect at the end. So, Joey says, hey, I'll give you a tape of my funniest cartoons I love to watch. It should give you some inspiration and hopefully you'll come up with something that I like. And, of course, he wastes no time doing a Daffy Duck impression, which includes spitting in the side of Jesse's face swear that it's probably the only reason people do Daffy Ducks so they have an excuse to go I love how Jesse gets a bath like thanks I'm so excited
3: may I present the Ranger Joe cartoon theme song in C major Jesse Katsopoulos composer giddy up giddy up Yep, And go. Here's another great cartoon, Ranger Joe. Yeehaw. Yeah. Oh yeah, they love it. They love it. Getting What'd
5: it you think? Totally wrong.
3: We're totally wrong, What told you the whole? What was the guns and the thing and the sping and all that? Jess, it just doesn't have that childlike quality I'm looking for. Childlike, Joseph. Kids loved it. Look at these kids. I mean, look at their faces. They're elated. Not really. We look very disinterested.
5: Jess, I need something a little more cartoony. Something like, it's time for another cartoon.
0: Yeah, something short like that.
5: I'll tell you what. I'll lend you a videotape of my favorite cartoons.
3: In no time at all, you'll be a cartoon
0: aficionado. Please don't spit in space.
3: Thanks. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah.
2: No, 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 no. Alright, now we're going to plot C with Danny... Bringing in the, uh, this is the cutest chalkboard I've ever seen. I love how it's got the ABCs along this, kind of bordering it. And it's, you know what's funny? You know what's funny about this? You know this chalkboard, this letter chalkboard, is going to make an appearance in season eight's Breaking Away when Nikki and Alex. Go to preschool, and then Jesse pulls them out, and the attempts to homeschool them. (laughs) Yeah, I love how they bring that back. He calls it a super-duper letter board to help teach Michelle to learn how to read. Because she's sitting crisscross applesauce on her bed with Cat in the Hat on her lap. So, Michelle's like, I already know how to read, and she's... Set, repeats the the words for the Cat in the Hat, which more than likely every single night they're reading that book, and she is pretty much memorized. Cause she's like, the sun did not come out that day; it was too wet to play or something. Jesse of course, or Jesse. <laughs> Danny of course bursts her bubble. He's like, oh, honey, actually, what you're reading here is copyright 1957. And just, Michelle, for a split second, was so proud of herself before Danny had to go and correct her. And it just proves that Michelle was just memorizing the words to the cat in the hat. She was on the title page. Oh so she just looked at Danny and asked, how come you never read that part? Danny sits down next to Michelle on the bed and he's like... Honey, I am happy that you want to learn to read books, but you can't just memorize something that I read you every night. That like that's not reading. Okay, how is it any different from teaching <laughs> over the years? Just having kids memorize facts. I mean, facts out of a textbook. I mean, if all you're doing is memorizing words on a page, you're not really taking in the information and what the words on the page actually mean. Like saying George Washington was the first president and he chopped down a cherry tree. Like, sure, you can memorize those facts, but if that's all you got to go on for the president and knowing that he's, like, on the quarter... There is so much more history there. There's so much more information of this one person that's just two big, important things about him. How did he become the first president? Why did he chop down the cherry tree? These are questions, you know, kids probably want to know. Like, I got the facts here. What's the knowledge behind the facts and how did they be- become common knowledge? Oh, Michelle is confused. Like, well, why not? Why can't I memorize stuff you read to me every night? And Danny says, well, because it'll start to catch up to you when you get to college. Aw, there's an emperor penguin right by her dollhouse. Not not a real one, but um, a, a figurine. I have a tall, stuffed emperor penguin that I got. It did make the move from Michigan to here. I, I kept thinking, like, oh, I'll donate it. Because I got it from Goodwill when I worked there. And then I'm like, you know what? Nah, nah, it's going to make the move with us. It's coming with us to, to Texas. And it did. It's sitting in our bathroom. It holds the door open. Otherwise, without it, the door will close on its own. Weird, I know. So he wants to start her off with the basics. Learning the sound of each letter. And he says A is four. And she says apple. And he's like, very good. And he kisses her on the top of the head. that's great that you want to start off you know with words that like a is for apple b is for bear c is for crayon d is for dog e is for elephant well that well that might be a long word for her (laughs) um f is for frog g is for giraffe h is horse you know the ones that always kind of trip me up are like I, U, Q, just funny word, word for what. Yo, yo, there you go. <laughs> it's some like igloo, um, quail. You know, this was around in her time. She would have really benefited how I learned my letters in like first grade. The letter people, do do any of you that grew up in like the 80s and the early 90s, do you remember the letter people? I remember each week we'd learn a new letter and I remember on the, and during recess with my classmates, I'm like, okay, well, it's gotta be this letter because we've gotten through these other ones. So the next one has gotta be this one. So, Danny figures the best way to start Michelle with learning how to read is to show her, you know, teach her the sounds that each letter makes, which, yes, that is a great way to start. Start from scratch. Start from the beginning. Of course, Danny being Danny, Danny, you know, Mr. Clean here, he likes to incorporate cleaning products into... (laughs) Teaching Michelle letters because at first he's like, A is for, and she says, Apple. He's like, Oh, good, good. And he puts an A up there on the chalkboard and he says, A is for Ajax. Like, Oh boy. Well, I mean, Jesse was actually drawing what it's like, A is for, and he draws an apple. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, he's like, alright, son, what do you think it is? He's like, a rock. <laughs> and uh, his other son, you know, he's like, alright, how can we shot? Alex, how about you? And he's like, a balloon. And of course, <laughs> I remember he yanking Joey out of his chair by his ears, like, you're supposed to help them. <laughs> and Joey's like, I gotta go with Nikki on the rock. It's like, it starts with A. Okay, A, rock. <laughs> oh my goodness. Danny starts putting up more letters. B is for Brillo. C, Clorox. Yeah, and he before he can really start getting carried away, because he, he's only gone from uh, A, B, and C, Stephanie rushes in, going, It's gone, 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 gone. Like, what? What's gone? And it's like, what's gone? And she says, my brain! The spelling bee's tomorrow and I don't know how to spell success! How many C's and how many S's? Well, first of all, well, let's see. There's, starts with an S and ends with two S's and there's two C's, an E and a U. How about trying to just, it, sound it up? Suck, S-U-C. And then... CESS. C-E-S-S. Boom. Bing, bang. You got it. But I think it's the fact of she's going up against who she refers to the human dictionary, Davy Chu. And I can imagine that that stress of, you know, she's already been made the best speller in her class, but now she's going to go toe-to-toe with someone who she feels in her mind is like, there's no way There's no way that I'm going to win this thing. She's already pretty much thrown in the towel before she's even gotten onto the stage yet. So Danny tells Stephanie, like, Steph, please, get a grip, alright? Look, you are a winner, and you just have to remember that. Now, he starts off with a mnemonic device. And if you don't know, the word mnemonic... Has a silent M on the front of it. No way would I have gotten that. Who puts a silent M in front of an N? Huh? Who? The English language, that's who. The people who thought it up. Like, let's throw some hidden vowels and hidden letters. Like... uh, Some people say, you know, the word possum has the O in front of it. And some people say opossum. But I've heard most people say possum. So you say possum long enough, you're going to forget. Well, there's an O in front of it. Which, it's a a silent O. Well, I don't know. Some say possum. Some say opossum. It's just... mm, Enough with the silent letters. There does not need to be silent letters out there. English language is hard enough without throwing that stuff in there. So, Danny brings up the mnemonic device. So, basically, the definition of mnemonic or memory device is any learning technique that aids information retention or retrieval, remembering and the human memory. Mnemonics can, make use of elaborative co- encoding, retrieval c- cues, and imagery as specific tools to encode any given information in a way that allows for efficient storage and retrieval. Alright. Mnemonics also aid original information in becoming associated with something more accessible or meaningful which in turn provides better retention of the information. That's what kind of makes me think of like when people are listening to music when they study, it's like, yeah. And then you listen to that song, and immediately it's like that stuff is coming back to you. Different types of mnemonic devices include acronyms, alliteration, <laughs> anagrams, groups, numbers, poems, rhymes, and chunks. Some common mnemonic devices are Roy G. Biv to remember the colors of the ra- in the rainbow: red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. One mnemonic device that Jeremy tends to bring up all the time just because I had a semester of math in college. The Order of Mathematical Operations. Here's the mnemonic device. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Parentheses. Exponents. Multiply. Divide. Add. Subtract. Here's another one. If you guys had a science class, junior high, high school. How to remember... The um Oh my goodness. Anyway, um let me know if this sounds familiar. Kingdom Phylum Class Order Family Genus Species. Um oh so it says the order of Texominic ring? What? That's not what it was called when I went to school. Alright, so says King Philip came over for great spaghetti. Or, you know, there's a Dirtier one on that uh last uh, on that S there. Oh, this one's creative. Okay, this last one, and then I'll get back to the episode. I'm sure you guys are like bored. How to remember who's on what on which bill? When Jeff left home, Jack got fat. <laughs> okay, so Washington one dollar bill, Jefferson two dollar bill, Lincoln five dollar bill, Hamilton ten dollar bill, Jackson twenty dollar bill, Grant fifty dollar bill, and Franklin on the hundred dollar bill. Oh, here's one last one. I always use this when I gotta remember. I before E except after C. I learned that in, like, I think seventh grade English or something. Alright, back to the episode. She doesn't know what a mnemonic device is, which, I mean, she's in fourth grade. It's understandable. Of course, we cut to Michelle and she's like, It must be for cleaning! So Danny tells the girls that a mnemonic device is something to help you remember. And I like, he's going to help her with the word success. He says, double the C, double the S, and you will always have success. So yeah, he tells her, just remember the mnemonic device when you ever have trouble with words. And Stephanie's pumped. Her courage, her confidence, it's back. And she's like, he's going to wish he never learned the alphabet. She's got her smack talk on right now. Michelle, after Stephanie leaves, tells Danny, "I can spell the alphabet," and she starts saying her ABCs. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, you can say your ABCs, but spelling alphabet, which isn't hard. You just take, a, slice it down the quarter of it. It's two separate words. Just shove them together. Alpha, A L P H A, and bet, B E T. Alphabet." I know this is not a Sesame Street podcast. I'm sorry if you're. I'm making it sound like it is. I love how Danny is just kind of kneeling there and turning and just, he's got this big beaming smile. He's so proud of his youngest daughter. As you know, you sing the alphabet and then you sing the Now I know my ABCs, next time won't you sing with me. Oh, and I love how the audience applauds afterwards. Like, good girl. Good girl. She got it. But then again, I mean, she was saying her ABCs in, like, season three and four. So, I mean, she stumbled a little, but I mean, she's got it. She's got it. And Danny's like, oh, well, the word alphabet's in there someplace. And he continues on with the alphabet. He goes to D. D is for Drano. Just say A is for apple, B is for book, C is for cat, D is for dog. You know, simple things that kids already would associate with letters anyway. So Danny's kind of step one, and DJ is more like step five. Because it's like he's explaining that each vowel has a separate sound. Like, ma-shell or (laughs) mi-shell.
5: but I have a system that is going to make learning to read even more fun. Okay, this is Daddy's special system. A is for Ajax. (laughs) B is for Brillo. (laughs) C, Clorox.
4: It's gone, 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 gone.
5: What's gone?
4: My brain. The spelling news tomorrow, and I can't remember how to spell success. How many C's and how many S's. And where the heck do they go?
5: Steph, get a grip. You're a winner, remember? All you need is a mnemonic device.
4: What the heck is that? It must be for cleaning. (laughs) No,
5: a mnemonic device is a little trick I have to help you remember. Like, take the word success. What you do is double the C, double the S, and you will always have success. Got it?
4: Double the C, double the S. S -S S-U-C-C-E-S-S.
5: Success! That's right. And if you're having any trouble with words, a mnemonic device will help you.
4: Davey Chu's gonna wish he never learned the alphabet. I can spell alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABCs. Next time won't you sing with me?
5: Well, the word alphabet's in there someplace. Okay, sweetheart. Ready. D is for Drano.
2: Alright, now let's get to this spelling bee. I'm all pumped up for it. I'm so ready for the spelling bee. So, the kids file on the stage. We got Stephanie. We got Davy Chu. Davy Chu. We have a person of color. We have another person of color. We have a Nice, young, African-American boy. And we have an adorable brunette white girl. That is just, mm, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, we cut to the audience. <laughs> and Dave Cooley, man, what are you doing? Did you got a big old hubba-bubba wad of gum in your cheek? Because you like, oh, look at Stephanie does when she looks smart. Jump, <laughs> chomp, jump! I'm like dude and Danny's like of course she does intelligence runs in our family and Jesse looks over at Danny like well it must have skipped a generation because your lens cap is on (laughs) where so only Jesse Joey and Danny are there so DJ didn't want to or Michelle didn't want to watch their sister I mean, is this being taken is this taking place in the middle of the afternoon? While DJ and Michelle are in school? I mean Michelle goes to the same school as Stephanie. You're telling me they're look at all those other kids that are in the audience. They're getting to skip out on classes. I think this is in the evening. Where in the heck? Becky and well, Becky's got the boys and you know, they're not gonna wanna sit the you know, they're infants, they're not gonna wanna sit through this. Um <laughs> DANG DAVE COOLIA, HOW MANY WADS OF GUM YOU GOT IN THAT mouth of yours? <laughs> like, dude. You don't get me wrong, I like gum as much as the next person. I always had an issue with swallowing it, so I don't really, uh, I don't chew gum very often anymore. You know, I heard the rumors about what they say if you swallow gum. Well, let me tell you, I'd have been swallowing gum since I was like six years old. And look at me, I'm still here. I'm still fine. I'm doing good. No problems we cut up to the stage and stephanie is just she's already dreaming she's already picturing like that that trophy it's like oh that trophy is gonna be nice just sitting there on my uh shelf above my bed where i can look at it every night and of course, Davy Chu's got to do his own little smack talk. He's like, huh, only if I let you borrow it. Why would you b- <laughs> they are, oh, They are such adversaries. They're just... Uh, <laughs> the audience is like, whoa. Like, what did you say to our Stephanie? Davy Chu is just really nice. He's got a, um... It looks like it says polo class on his... Everest green sweatshirt and he's got like um, a plaid red and black and white striped button up underneath because you can kind of see the collar popping out. She just Stephanie's not face. She just looks at him arms crossed like you're going down shoe. And the audience is like woo you go Stephanie. You go girl. And of course she spills her little secret here. She says it's all thanks to two words. Pneumonic device. You think he doesn't know about the mnemonic device? This kid, oh man, with the with the, with the smack talk. He's like, "Dream on, Tanner. They don't call me the human dictionary because I'm good at kickball." I got to wonder about Davy Chu as far as um he definitely has a complex. He de- I mean, there's nothing but nothing wrong with puffing yourself up and you know stuff like that. But there's such a thing as being, you know, um, I don't even think sore winner is even a thing, but he's just a a cocky winner. I mean, he hasn't won yet, but it's just he's so cocky and and just filled with. But I just got to kind of wonder if maybe this is, he puts everything he has into this. I I even kind of wonder, like. Are his parents really, like, pushing him? They're the type of parents that really, like, you got to be really good. We want you to shine for us. You know, represent, you know, our family and everything like that. Where he just probably under a lot of tremendous pressure. and I don't know. I don't know. And I just, I just think that maybe, maybe he doesn't have a lot of friends. He maybe comes off... Maybe a bit on the conceited side. I mean, I know they're only like 10 years old, but I'm just, yeah. Maybe for, I'm honestly just going to go out on a limb here and say for um, Davey Chu, this is probably all he has as far as this is his one main activity that he puts his all into. It's like for him, so much is riding on this. But then, you know, he didn't get to be named the Human Dictionary for, for nothing, Mr. Lowry comes up on stage and introduces the kids. Like, hello, parents, students, family, friends. Danny, of course, I'm guessing he got the lens cap off because he's, like, taking a picture of Mr. Lowry. So he wants pictures just of everything to document. I don't know. I don't think after today that Stephanie's going to want to remember this day. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> I love how Mr. Lowry just kind of shakes it off like he's probably got, you know, that because that flash on that camera Danny's using is very, very bright and I love how Mr. Lowry just kind of rolls with it he's just like, and, mm, anyway <laughs> alright, so he's going to introduce the kids, the top spellers of the fourth grade apparently there's, what, four different classes of fourth graders? I don't know so we have Franny, or is it Fanny? Franny or Fanny? I don't know. Franny Weisberg, alright. Randy Gaines. Davy Q and the first speller Stephanie Tanner. The little girl who plays Franny I forgot her last name already looks like a young Hermione Granger from Harry Pot the first Harry Potter movie. Only without the frizzy curls that Hermione is known for. She does, she does. She looks like a small, young Emma Watson in 2001. As soon as Mr. Lowry says Stephanie's name, Jesse, Joey, and Daniel are like, Yeah! Yeah! Go Stephanie! Tanner's number one! They're, of course, in the front row. <laughs> they look behind them like, uh-huh. <laughs> Again, before he sits down, takes another picture Stephanie, she stands up at the microphone. Wow. How about that? Her first word is mnemonic. And what did I tell you guys? There's a silent M. Oh, she doesn't. Oh, she she freezes. She is a deer in headlights right there. I mean, her eyes get really round. And she's just like, Ugh. Dang, Danny, Why'd you waste your time with success? You ha- should have had a mnemonic device for mnemonic. <laughs> like I said, guys... The silent letters, those will get you every single time. Every single time. Unless you have a mnemonic device to help you.
5: Come, Stephanie, doesn't she look smart? Of course she does. Intelligence runs in our family.
3: I must have skipped a generation. You left the lens cap on. <laughs>
0: Oh
4: damn. Boy, that trophy's gonna look nice in my bedroom. Only if I let you borrow it. Who <laughs> says you're gonna win? You're going down, Jew. <laughs> yeah, it off. And it's all thanks to two little words. Mnemonic device.
2: Can you even smell
0: there? Dream on, Tanner. They don't call me the human dictionary because I'm good at kickball.
1: Good afternoon, parents, students, and friends. Welcome to the fourth grade spelling championship Now I'd like to introduce the top spellers in the fourth grade Franny Weisberg Little Emma Watson Randy Gaines Davey Chu And our first speller, Stephanie Tanner (laughs) Stephanie, your first word is mnemonic
4: Mnemonic Ooh, boy!
2: Should have practiced that one.
4: Would you repeat the word, please?
1: The word is
2: mnemonic. Can you give it to me in a sentence?
4: And a very fine word it is. <laughs> uh, uh, mnemonic. A device or trick to help you remember things. Mnemonic.
1: Stephanie, Wait. this is not a definition B. I I need the spelling.
4: Spelling? Oh, I'll give you spelling. <laughs> Rhododendron. R-H-O-D-O-D-E-N-D-R-O-N. Rhododendron.
1: You have ten seconds to spell mnemonic.
4: Mnemonic. N-E-M-O-N-I-C. Mnemonic. Dang it, you didn't yeah. put an M. Uh, I don't even know how to spell
1: it. Uh, I'm afraid that's incorrect, Stephanie. The next speller is... Well, that David that fast.
4: Mnemonic. Well, a n e m o n I c. love
2: the Correct. Emphasis on the M. Now, that
1: eliminates Stephanie Tanner. Thank you, Stephanie.
4: What? That's it? I did all that studying for one lousy word? Come on, have a heart. Give me a do-over.
2: No. <laughs> you had no do-over,
4: sweetie. sorry.
2: Thank you, now.
4: Please, can I have another chance? Any other word? Any other word?
1: I'm sorry, Stephanie. You can take your seat with the class, sweetheart. All
2: right. This must be during the okay, day. Okay,
1: our next speller is Randy Gaines. Randy, your first word is incandescent. Oh.
4: Incandescent.
1: <laughs> Stephanie, sweetheart, you've already been eliminated. Yeah.
4: Eliminated.
2: E L I M I. Get her out of there. Eliminated. So I gotta say. Stephanie's display, I get she was nervous and everything, but it's like, it's kind of embarrassing. Not that she couldn't spell mnemonic, but that the way she was carrying on like that. So she asked Mr. Lowry to repeat the word, and he says the word is mnemonic. And Stephanie is stalling here. She's like, oh, and a very good word it is. And you cut to the audience, and you just see... Joey's got this really confused look, like, what in the heck is going on? And Danny's like what? And Jesse's even looking at both Joey and Jesse, like, this isn't how this is supposed to be. I thought you knew this stuff. Does now she It's <laughs> like mnemonic, a device to help you remember something. And Mr. Lowry's like, Stephanie, this is not a definition B. Please spell mnemonic or and he's like, I need the spelling. And she's like, oh, spelling? I'll give you spelling. And she starts to spell rhododendron. It's like, sweetie, you are taking away a chance for other kids to spell. This is, I get it. She's nervous. She's a deer in the headlights. God, you really, for all your talk of mnemonic devices, Danny, you really should have used it for mnemonic. Because she She's got it right except for that silent M. And it sucks because she's like, wait, seriously? Because he says, sweetie, I'm sorry that's the wrong answer. You can sit with your class. You've been eliminated. And she's like, wait, no, that all the hard work, everything, all that studying I did. And she's like, please, give me another word. Give me another word. And of course Davy Chu spells it correctly. And he puts so much emphasis on the fact that there's a silent M. He's like, M-N-E however you spell mnemonic (laughs) and it's just like dude just take your trophy and go home okay we all know you're gonna get it we all know doesn't have to rub it in her face granted she was talking smack talk too but there is such a thing as being a conceited winner possibly and Mr. Lowry, I gotta hand it to him. He's keeping it cool. He's just being professional. He's telling her, you have ten seconds to spell noonmonic. And she does, of course, minus the silent M. He's like, I'm sorry. Well, and the thing is, after she spells it, Jesse, Joey, and Danny are on the feet. Yeah! when go Steph! And then Mr. Lowry-, Lowry tells her, I'm sorry Stephanie, that is incorrect. Uh it's just like all depending on how long she worked on being the best speller in the class, it's just ugh. It's like when you study and study and study for a big test and then you get your result and you're just like all that studying, everything I did and it was all for naught. Or even when you put your work into something it just it just doesn't come to fruition. It sucks. Okay, so after Davey spells the mnemonic and he goes and sits down, he says that Stephanie's eliminated. And then that's when she jumps out of her seat. Like, what? That's it? He is pleading with Mr. Low- Lowry, like, please. Give me another word. Give me a do-over. And you cut to the audience, and you're seeing Danny and Joey and Jesse all do over, do over. <laughs> like, Do-over, <laughs> do-over. So this is kind of irritating. The fact that the guys think that the teacher should bend the rules just for Stephanie, so she has another chance. How's that fair to the other kids that haven't gotten to spell yet? So we should just make rules or just break rule just, mm, I don't know no 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 special treatment here is literally begging up on stage like please give me another chance any other word any other word and he's like honey I'm sorry can you please you can go sit with your class so okay then this is during school hours so that makes sense why DJ isn't there cause she's most likely in school I mean, Michelle is probably in class. He looks, he does kind of look like his patience is wearing very thin. So Stephanie goes down the steps, sits down in the chair in the front row, and Mr. Lowry calls up Randy Gaines. And he tells Randy his first word is incandescent. Stephanie knows the how to spell that word. She is up on the stage like a lightning bug with a butt on with their butt on fire. She like practically pushes that boy out of the way and gets right in front of the mic. She runs up there. She starts spelling before she even gets over to the mic. And you see, poor Randy there, like Ugh. Jesse, Danny, and Joey all go up there, like, okay, sh- this is getting a bit out of control. And they're like, we gotta we gotta take care of this. And Mr. Lower's like, Stephanie, sweetheart, you've already been eliminated. And she's like, eliminated, and she starts spelling that. You see Joey and Jesse grab her, lift her off the ground, and carry her off the stage. I feel bad for poor Randy. It's like his parents are probably in the audience. You'll want to see him spell a word. And it's like this girl comes up and is like like stealing his thunder, like, sweetie. You gotta learn how to handle disappointment. I get it. It sucks. If that were me, I'd be angry and upset and probably bawling my eyes out before I even get off the stage. But I'm not gonna go up there and just like, I'm gonna steal your word from you. I'm gonna spell this one. That's not fair to the other kids. (laughs) We fade out on the scene as Jesse and Joey literally... Carry Stephanie out of there. So now we go back to Stephanie and Michelle's room, and Michelle has got all the letters. You don't remember the f- refrigerator letters as a kid, probably when you're, you know, learning how to spell, just throwing words and you know letters and just making up stuff. But I remember that was always fun. So she's got a lot of letters up there that mean nothing. except, Well, N E Z that spells NEZ. I don't know. If it's- that's even a thing uh, But she spells DJ And she screams for DJ 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 look I spelled your name DJ comes in And she's like "What, Michelle what is it And I love how calm Michelle is She's like look I can read your name DJ Well that's because it's only two letters Try spelling Donna Joe, Margaret <laughs> I love How DJ praises Michelle it's a lot better than Danny, you know, smiling to Michelle, saying her ABCs and saying, well, I'm sure the word alphabet's in there somewhere. Like, ugh. but she's like, okay, great. That's awesome, Michelle. Do you want to try something a little bit harder? Like, Yeah, why not? She's on fire. So DJ turns the little kid chalkboard around and she spells Michelle. And we see Michelle come up with a paperback that she probably pulled off the desk there. Like, oh, this looks good. And it's one of those, you can tell it's an old 90s paperback that's got, like, the pages are, like, highlighter yellow. There are some books out there, I don't... It's not yellow due to age, I guess it's just how it was printed that way. DJ takes it from Michelle and says, let's hold off on The Hobbit. So clearly... Steph's a Lord of the Rings fan. She's reading The Hobbit. More than likely, she's probably reading it for school. Or maybe she's into fantasy books. I don't know. I think the only bit of The Hobbit that I read probably would have been, if you remember the English literature books that had little um, little bits of stories. In 7th grade, I think we read a smidgey-widge of the Joy Luck Club. Also, in 8th grade, I think we read a little itty-bitty smidge of... Um, Flowers for Algernon and I actually did pick up before I moved the book Flowers for Algernon there's so many different covers of it but I'm like I like like the reddish cover with the little white mouse on the front of it and the little maze it's like I kind of wanted that one so I haven't read it yet but I definitely plan to um one and I'll get back to this I'm sorry um one book podcast I do enjoy that really goes into detail. That if you haven't read the book. You'll want to read the book before you listen to the podcast episodes. Because they do spoil the books. Or if you're like well I don't plan on reading the book. I wouldn't mind just listening to the- these people talk about it. They did do Flowers for Elderon And it really made me want to go out and read the book. So she has... Michelle sit down at the table and she's like, Alright, let's start with this word. Do you know what this says? And right away, Michelle knows, like, that's my name. Because she's probably seen it. You know, whether it's written on a birthday cake, or whether it's written on, you know, maybe at school. She's learning how to spell her name. That's probably one of the things you learn how to spell, excuse me, is your name. Because you're going to want to write your name on your, on your paper at school. She says, that's my name. That's Michelle. And D.J. starts to get. She kind of starts to confuse Michelle because she start. She says, "No, ah, ah, ah. Yep, you're right there. But do you know why it says Michelle? Because we got we got some vowels here. We got an I. We got two E's, and I don't know. Isn't L a vowel? Hey, Jeremy, is L considered a vowel? Is L considered a vowel? No, no. It's not? Okay, I didn't think so. Well, the more you ask, the more you know. Michelle says, I have no idea. DJ's like, all right, let's start with the M. Do you know what sound that makes? And Michelle's like, mmm, like mop and glow. And DJ's like, yeah, sounds like Dad's been teaching you. So, DJ moves on to I... And asks, "Do you know what sound that makes?" And Michelle's like, "Oh, that's a piece of cake." I like I. She points to her eye, and this is where it gets confusing. I mean, she is only five years old. This is a bit, you know, above her head. She's just learning how to spell, you know, letters and and and, and put the letter letters together to form words and stuff like this. She's not there for the I. E, A, U, I, O, U, whatever stuff, and how they all sound different. She says, the I that you're thinking of here actually sounds like E. He is really confusing her. It's like, the I in your name doesn't sound like an I. (laughs) He says it doesn't sound like I like an E. It sounds like I as in it. Oh my god, you're confusing this child. Michelle's like rolling her eyes, okay, if you say so. And then she starts going into how vowels have long sounds and short sounds. You are speaking to stuff that she won't learn for probably, what, another couple more years? When do kids start learning the differences in how the vowels sound? Because mind you, she's only in kindergarten. Now I don't know if now today's kids that are in kindergarten have to know the different sounds of the vowels or not. She says if the vowel is long, it says its own name a e i o u, and she says if the vowel is short, then it has a different sound. I- I- oh, <sighs> oh my god! I I can't even. I feel like huh? <laughs> like I don't get. Sweetie, <laughs> you are too advanced for her. You got to start small. You got this long word, Michelle, which she already knows is her name. She recognizes it. Start with like maybe a three letter word, something very small that she can latch on to, and, and then build from there. Like I said, she's on level one, and you're taking her all the way to like level five. You know, when I'm in the store, I see one thing that is very, when I go to like the magazine or the book section, and I see one thing that is very, very probably helpful to the kids are those workbooks, or even get her a subscription to the Highlights magazine. I'm doing that for my niece and nephew that are going to be six Um, in January. I just, I I thought I talked to their dad. I'm like, you know what? I think this would be a great idea for them, because they're in kindergarten, or are they in preschool. They're in preschool, and I just I think it would be so good for. Plus, it it's something that comes in the mail. They get to look forward to it every month. But that it helps with them them learning things and searching, you know, for like find a hit the hidden pictures or just stuff stuff like that. I just I really honestly feel. Like, Michelle is at a bit of a disadvantage where they could have really, instead of learning these catchphrases and being, you know, sassy, they could have really been helping her along so that way, when the time came for her to start school, she would have a bit of this stuff kind of under her belt. You know, with foot like, when Jesse and Becky were trying to get Nikki and Alex into that preschool, granted they were too. And they're working with flashcards and shapes and colors and everything. Like maybe too it's a little, a little too early and stuff. But they had the right idea. Like it's never too early to get your letter recognition, your color and your shape recognition early. Because it seems like when kids start school nowadays, they gotta have all that stuff memorized. They gotta know all of that. So I mean, potty train being potty trained is probably the least of their problems. Like you gotta know all this stuff. And she keeps going on and like how a long vowel can be changed into a short vowel. It's like, oh my god! Mm. If the word has a silent e, she spells out the word date, and she says if you take off the e on the end, it becomes dat. And she said, well, that's a bad example because dat's not a real word. So it could be like an acronym or something that's short for something else. Like you could say it's for. Dallas area transit, whatever. I don't, I have no idea. Just an example. But I can see how Michelle's now frustrated and she's, I'm never gonna learn how to read. It's like, you're gonna learn how to read, but DJ, you gotta back, back, back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Back that truck up. Like, you're at the finish line and Michelle's still at start here. Come on. You, all she's doing is confusing the heck out of Michelle and really making her feel discouraged. That's why Jesse Jesse hits it, bam, right on the nose. And DJ realizes, like, oh, I guess I didn't help much, huh? And Michelle just rolls her eyes, saying, duh. Why in the heck is that an acceptable thing for her to be saying? That is very rude. You could have said, no you no, you didn't help me. And said she's gotta be, I mean, people find, oh, it's funny, she's saying, duh, and, I uh, it's just, JJ her just to be rude and insulting, it's just, come on. I get it the people think it's sassy and funny, because we're all laughing about it, but, you know, and I was laughing about it as, as a kid, and it's just like, no, that's just, it's, it's rude.
4: DJ, DJ, come here!
0: Michelle, what is it?
4: Look, I can read your name.
0: DJ. <laughs> Michelle, that's very good. Do you want to try something a little harder?
3: Sure.
2: Yeah, and that is it's way too advanced? I
0: heard this was good. <laughs> I'm sure Let's you did. Let's off on the Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> Have a Let's start with this word right here. Now, do you know what this says? That's my name, Michelle. Ah, but do you know why it says Michelle? I have no idea. (laughs) Well, let's start with the M. Do you know what sound that makes? Mmm, like mopping glow. I see you've been studying with Dad. Now for the I. Do you know what sound that makes? Piece of cake, I like I. Well, not exactly. That I starts with an E. It sounds like an I, but it isn't. But that I in your name doesn't sound like the I that starts with the E. It sounds like I as in it. If you say so. You see, Michelle, vowels have long sounds and short sounds. And if the vowel is long, it says its own name, A-E-I-O-U. If the vowel is short, it has a different sound. A, and "a." Huh? Right, just like huh. However, short vowel can be changed into a long vowel if the word has a silent e, like the word date. If you take off that e, the word becomes dat. But that's a really bad example because dat's not a real word. I never can learn how to read. I guess I didn't help much, did I? Duh. So now we go downstairs.
2: Stephanie and the guys are home from the spelling bee. She's complaining about the fact that there's a silent M. I mean, who ever heard of a silent M? I mean, silent K, maybe. So Stephanie starts to go up to her room, and Danny's like, wait, 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 right there. We have to talk about this, of course, before they can talk. The doorbell rings, and it's Davy Chu with his trophy, and of course... Apparently Stephanie left without getting her a little ribbon award, I guess, which pales in comparison to his giant trophy. And Davy's like, "Oh, it's Stephanie home? She forgot her ribbon." And look like how it's a green ribbon, which matches his green sweatshirt. And Danny just soberly, like, "Steph, would you look at that? Davy brought your ribbon." Of course, Stephanie, with one of her other catchphrases, not really as famous as how rude, but she's like, hot dog. Sweetie, you could have just gotten no ribbon whatsoever. Be grateful. I mean, yeah, it sucks that you lost, but my gosh, the other two kids probably, three kids, two kids, two kids didn't get anything, I'm sure. Unless they probably did get participation ribbons, like third and fourth place or whatever. Okay, this kid is really rubbing it in. He's like, oh, he actually comes into their house. Well, because Stephanie wasn't going to go up the steps to the door to him. But she grabs a ribbon right out of her out of his hand. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I set this trophy down? It is so heavy. And Stephanie says, that trophy would be mine if they didn't give me the one word I didn't know. Are you sure about that, Steph? I mean... He would not be... There would have to be a word out there that he wouldn't know how to spell. And as much as he is nicknamed the Human Dictionary, I find it very hard to believe that there is a word in the dictionary that he does not know. He's got that dictionary memorized. Memorized. Probably since he was old enough to talk. Danny comes over and... He tells Davey, like, well, oh, Davey, what Stephanie means to say is congratulations. So Stephanie's back to being a little bit of a, you know, kind of cocky like him. She's like, what I mean is I can outspell him any day. I can outspell him anytime. And she turns to Davey and says, come on, Chew, right here, right now. What does she think he's going to give up that trophy? I, I hate to say it, but with David, I really think Stephanie is fighting a losing battle here. And she's going to be even more miserable than she is right now. I mean, I'm not saying she shouldn't have tried. But just, know in the back, you, you, like, you shoot for the moon, but you might miss it. But... The, the audience loves this. And she's like, right here, right now. And you go, woo, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people say in the audience, like, woo, yeah. So the wager is this. She says, if you beat me again, I'll carry your lunch tray for a week. And he's like, books too? And she's like, books too. Gosh, won't the kids think you two are dating then? What if they start saying, Stephanie and Davey sitting in a tree? You know, that kind of thing. Isn't that kind of how that happens in, in, in the elementary school? I don't know how it works today, but back in my day, if you're seen carrying someone's books or you're, like, eating lunch with them, just the two of you, people are going to assume you're boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, I'm kind of drawing back on that episode, A Little Romance. He is like, oh, and buy me ice cream? And she's like, don't push it, True. Don't chew. <laughs> don't, don't push your luck. She, her eyes, she was shooting daggers at that boy. So he's like, all right, you're on. And they shake on it. And Danny's like, Steph, are you sure you want to do this? He says, this is the guy that knew how to spell ecclesiastical. What? I want to look that word up because I don't even know what the heck that means. Sounds like a musical term. So ecclesiastical, E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A-S-T-I-C-A-L. Relating to the Christian church or its clergy especially as an established institution and of course stephanie's gonna be like oh ecclesiast and, and she spells it uh, audience loves us, like girl go you go girl go with your bad self woo danny's like all right let the games begin i'll get the dictionary and he walks off to get the dictionary and the alcove that's got a button. it looks like it's got the uh, encyclopedia back there which it probably does she turns and, arms crossed, faces Davy Chu. It's like she's facing her mortal enemy.
4: Mnemonic has a silent M? Who ever heard of a silent M? Silent cake, yeah,
0: maybe.
5: Uh, Steph, uh, hold it right there. We have to talk about this.
0: Stephanie Holmes, She forgot her ribbon.
5: Steph, would you look at that? Davy brought you your ribbon.
0: Hot dog.
4: <laughs> Mind if I put this trophy down? It's really heavy. That trophy would be mine if they didn't give me the one word I didn't know.
5: Yeah, right. Uh, Davey, what Steph means to say is congratulations.
4: What I mean is I can outspell him any time. Come on, Chew. Right here, right now. Yeah! Yeah. If you beat me again, I'll carry your lunch tray for a week. Books, (laughs) too? Books, too. And buy me ice cream? (coughs) Don't push it. Yeah, Uh, really. Okay, you're on.
5: Steph you sure you want to do this? This is the guy who knew how to spell ecclesiastical.
4: Ecclesiastical. E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A-S-T-I-C-A-L. Ecclesiastical.
5: <laughs> Alright, let the games begin. i got the dictionary.
2: <laughs> Alright, now we're going back to plot B with Jesse and Joey, and Joey's theme song for introducing cartoons on the Ranger Joe show. And then Joey's like, Do you come up with anything snappy like it's time for another cartoon? And then some sound effect. So Jesse tells Joey that he spent a few hours watching Joey's cartoons that he's taped off the television. And he's like, I uh, come to a conclusion that you are a very sick man. I don't like Jesse's v neck blue t-shirt it just it looks like that commercial of that guy who's at that restaurant for a date and his his t-shirt the collars all like stretched out that's kind of what that looks like I mean Jesse's wearing a v-neck but it still looks like maybe it's been washed way too many times and it just looks rumpled like he just like grabbed it off the floor and threw it on I don't know So, Jesse whipped a little something together complete with sound effects, and he's like, alright, here you go, listen to it, and let's see what you'll think. And, I mean, yes, there are sound effects in it, however, it is still, I feel, too terrible, too, too long, too long. The show itself is only so long, probably, what, a half hour? I mean, no kids are gonna have a rapid attention for an hour on a show. Half hour, 24 minutes tops. And if Joey's doing the thing with the Ranger Joe show, you know, playing some music, you know, you got the Woodchuck Papa and everything, and then just show maybe a cartoon. And then you gotta have this long intro into it, and then of course he'll probably want to close out the show by, maybe he's gonna read some letters that were sent in by kids who watch the show, or maybe like, hey, it's right into Ranger Joe and ask a question, or something like that. Kind of like with the whole Mr. Egghead thing. And yeah, it's just, it's too long, and I understand why Joey, when Jesse does this last sound effect, like the doing, the little sound, that Joey's like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what I want. Because he's like, I don't like that other stuff with the words and the sound effects, but this little broing sound, perfect. It's just short enough to get in there and jump into the cartoon. No kid is going to, if they could fast forward live TV, during that little theme song that Je- Je- Jesse just came up with, they would be doing that. The, the audience goes wild for this theme song, like "Whoa, yeah!" And I mean, Jesse is proud of himself. You know, he threw in, you know, lyrics with sound effects and whatnot. And Jesse just or Joey's just like, mm, "No, I'm not, not, not feeling it." And Jesse stands up and he's like, eh, eh, "What do you think, right?" And Joey puts an armor on Jesse's neck. And he's like I- I'll be honest with you Jess I uh I hate it <laughs> It's like what what hate What hate is such a strong ugly word And Jesse's like What what do you want something simple like here comes Another cartoon And Joey's like yes Exactly just like that That's it that's exactly what I'm looking for So Jesse can't believe it. it's like what this little that, thing, that song you've been singing That for days I didn't write that you wrote that And Joey's like yeah I did so I don't have to pay you. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Well, it Jesse's like, you're going to pay pay me for that? And Joey's like, you're right, I did write that. Well, thanks for trying. Bye. <laughs> and he starts chasing Joey up the stairs like you owe me gladstone. Without that boing, you got nothing.
5: Hey, Jess.
4: Hey.
3: How's my theme song coming? Uh, did you come up with anything like, it's time for another cartoon? <laughs> you know, just five, uh, spent a couple hours watching some of your favorite cartoons and I uh, came up with a very important conclusion. You're a sick man. <laughs> but I did come up with a perfect song. I programmed some uh, some uh, sound effects in this whole thing and I think you're going to love it. Listen Great. to this. Okay. It goes like this. <clears throat> oh, look out. Duck. <clears throat> Crash and kaboom. Here comes another Ranger Joe cartoon. <laughs>
5: Uh, 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 no, no, no. Jess, I want to say this nicely.
3: I hate it. <laughs> hey, what, hate is such a strong word. What do you, what do you want? Something stupid like, uh, uh, here comes another cartoon. Damn, that's it. You
2: it.
5: That's it?
3: That's <laughs> it. That note,
5: that, that boing, whatever you hit, that's perfect. Jess, you are a musical genius. That's my theme song. What are you talking about? That—that's that,
3: just that stupid song you've been singing for days. I didn't write that song. You wrote that song. you gonna pay me for that? Nope. You're right. I did write that. Hey, thanks for trying. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. What about my? Uh, huh, Joseph? Did that just, you owe me Gladstone. Without that boy, you got nothing.
2: All right, let's jump back upstairs to the spelling bee part two, the home version. <laughs> Davey just spelled benign. Danny's sitting on the couch. We got um, Stephanie in the chair near the kitchen door. And then we got Davey in the chair close to the front door. So Danny's sitting on the couch. He's looking at the, the New World Dictionary. <clears throat> Trigonometry. She spells it. Correctly, and of course, Danny sends his daughter, and you know his house. He's like, "Yeah, right. That's my girl." That's <laughs> like, I'm sure Davy is just like rolling his eyes, it's like, "Oh, please." Hey, you're on the Tanner turf. What can I say? I love how Danny looks at Davy, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. I got to keep a level of professionalism." I mean, correct. All right, Davy's word is photosynthesis, which. It's funny because the word photosynthesis is in um, that episode where um, I think it's called Working Girl where DJ gets a job as a um, helper for a photographer in the mall and she has to take a science test that she's not prepared for and she fails. One of the words is describe what photosynthesis is. She said something, uh, she wrote something like, it's a photo that needs to be synthesized, which, what? <laughs> that sounds like a Kimmy. I'm sorry to Kimmy, but that sounds like a Kimmy answer. I mean, I get it the DJ didn't study, but she should have some grasp of the material that she'd been studying in the climbing. mean, come on, come
0: on. E-N-I-G-N, benign.
5: That's correct. Okay, Steph, it's your word. Trigonometry.
4: Trigonometry. T-R-I-G-O-N-O-M-E-T-R-Y. Trigonometry.
5: Yes, that's my girl. <laughs> I mean, correct. Okay, Davey. Spell photosynthesis.
2: So, now we go up to Michelle and Stephanie's room, and Michelle, she is just she's over it. She doesn't want to learn how to read. She even says, I'm too dumb to read when Jesse asks, what are you know, what are you doing, Michelle? Why are you taking all your letters down off your chalkboard? So, oh, yeah, Jesse's standing in the door and is like, hey, Michelle, how's your reading coming along? And she turns and says, I quit. I'm too dumb to read. He's like, I don't want to hear that kind of talk. He tells her that kind of talk stops right here, young lady. So he leads her over to her bed, they sit down, and he's like, alright, if anyone knows anything about being dumb around here, it's your Uncle Jesse, and Michelle just nods her head. Jesse is like, oh wait, wait, let me go back and rephrase that. So Jesse explains how, excuse me, when he was in first grade, there were two different reading groups. There were the Bluebirds, and there were the Robins, and how pretty much everyone knew like the robins were a little bit slower to pick things up when it came to reading and more likely the bluebirds were like the advanced you know kids and instead of learning to read and you know working on stuff he just spent his time beating up the bluebirds beating up the kids that teased him And Jesse thought because he was a slow reader that that meant that he was dumb. And Michelle's like, you're dumb like me? And Jesse explains to her, see, I I wasn't dumb. That's the point I'm trying to make. He tells her he thought he was dumb, so he gave up trying. And I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that Jesse's teacher didn't try to encourage him, didn't try to help him, and, you know, say... Jesse, you're not dumb. Let me kind of help you out here. I mean, Jesse, more than likely, even as a kid, I could see him being very resistant to someone wanting to help him. He 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 does feel like he does kind of put up a wallie as a tough exterior. Like, I, no, I don't wanna, I don't wanna accept, because we see examples, even him being a parent, being resistant to help when he doesn't want to admit there's something going on with the twins, how the twins just kind of cling to each other. He and Becky, Becky finally gets him to agree to go to a support group. And I know that's a bit different than a six-year-old learning how to read and stuff, but it just, I just get the impression that if the teacher had offered, granted, Jesse was going to school in what, like the 60s, you know, the 70s I, may, maybe he just didn't have teachers that are just, They're probably just passing them along passing them along not really saying okay we're separating you kids into groups you kids are like the normal slash advanced you kids are the ones that need a little bit more extra help and guidance and I just feel like maybe the help could have been there and he just kind of resisted it like no I'm not going to do that oh, thinking, oh the teacher must think I'm dumb too or something. I, I don't know. I just, I get that about Jesse. Like, Michelle is so quick to just say, I'm never going to learn how to do this. She did the same thing with learning how to tie her shoes when in the episode educating Jesse. And Stephanie, with her just immediately throwing in the towel, like, and just was like, Oh, I'm never going to beat Davy Chu. And just kind of throwing in the towel before she even gets going. But even also this, what we're seeing from her, I'll jump back to Michelle and Jesse in a second, is what we're seeing is Stephanie does not want to admit that she's not good at something. It's just, you know, I'm going to save it. I'm going to put a pin in it and I'm going to save it for when we get to that one with Danny and Stephanie. But, I really, honestly feel the talks that Jesse and Michelle have are so important and so special that he's taking the time to get her to understand that I thought I was dumb, but I I learned. I I didn't, you know. Eventually, you know, he he learned. He didn't give up. He just kept you know plugging away at it until he got it. Sometimes it's that determination. It's like, yeah, things are gonna be hard and stressful, but you keep pushing along because you know once you get it, things are gonna you know get a little bit easier. Once you conquer one hurdle, you can you know go on to the next thing. And he tells her how he got bad grades because you know he re- refused to. Except the fact that he was a smart guy until he realized, no, wait, I am a smart guy. And he tells Michelle, I'm not going to, you know, basically say, I'm not going to let you slip through the cracks. You're going to learn this. And you are a smart, smart girl. So you got to stop putting yourself down, sweetie. I mean, she's only five, but I think sometimes for some people, it is really hard to admit when you're struggling with something because you do maybe kind of feel kind of stupid like i feel the same way when i'm tackling new things like everyone else is you know when i was doing that com- that computer class and stuff in junior high everyone around me was getting it and following along with the teacher but it's like they're on step five and i'm still on step one and it's like why am i not understanding this so after Jesse says, "You're a smart girl, young lady." Michelle just looks at him and is like, "Oh, police." And he's like, "Oh, police yourself." I love that he does this. This is really this is great. He says, "To start reading, you got I got to show you this really cool word." And he goes with at. And he's like, "What does the sound, you know, the A make?" Actually, hold on. So he says in this word the a sounds like a eh. And Michelle's like, "Oh, here we go again because you know, it's exactly like what DJ was doing with the vowel sounds." He's like, "All right, the a sounds like a eh, and the t sounds like what sound does the t make?" And she says, "ta." It's like, "All right, now put them together." And she's like, "ata, ata, atta, at." It's like, yeah, she she got it eventually. And things as she's rolling along are going to get a lot simpler. And I like the fact that he used At, because you can put so many words in front of it. At, bat, cat, fat, um, hat, um, pat, mat, O-A-T. If you put an O in front of it, it's going to change, though, because it's going to sound like oat. Rat, that's another one. Sat is... You know, an action. Because, yeah, there's so many letters in the alphabet that you can stick in front of those two letters to make other letters. And he's like, he, he is so proud. He's like, at, see, you did it. You just read at. And she is so excited, so elated. Like she learned her first word. I mean, remember the first feeling that you, the, Exciting feeling you got when you first you, you got something that was difficult and just that that satisfaction You're just like Wow I I I did it She is so happy and I love how she's like I did she's so excited And he says, Alright, what does this so- what does the letter C make? What sound does that make? She's like Cut like Clorox He's like, Oh well your dad's been teaching you And he's like, all right, ca and at put them together. And she's like, ca, at, ca, cat. And she got it right on the second try. It's like, good girl. And then he puts an H in front of it and it's like, hat. And it's, of course, these are the words because the cat and the hat book is on the bed, right? So he's like, all right, you got it. You're learning to read. And he picks up the book and it's like, here's a book. You Learn how to read that. And he of course didn't teach her the which is a word that follows a lot, you know some book titles which people just disregard the you go to the next one just like a book that has an a in the title like at the beginning of it like uh a tr- a, tr- a tree grows in brooklyn or the hunger games you're going to take those beginning you're gonna focus on the next word so she read at and now she's like cut at. and i love jesse jumps out of it she's like ladies and gentlemen she just read another word this chick is on fire and i'm like yes i love it he's so ins- it's just i love their relationship it's so good it's so good and he's starting her off easy and stuff like that. So it's not saying, like, A is for Ajax, B is for Brillo Pad, C is for, you know, whatever. And then you got DJ who's like jumping way, way, way ahead. Where it's like you need to back up and start slower. And Jesse is like the three little bears. You know, the porch was too cool, the porch was too hot, the porch was just right. One, two, three. You got. And I think, yeah, Jesse is the best. I really wish he had used this method with um, Nikki and Alex, kind of what he, how he did with Michelle. I really think that would have worked. Instead of drawing pictures, I love it! He's like, give me high fives. He's like, can you dig it? I knew that you could. <laughs> That's where he's like, all right, let's try another one. The Ever Popular Age. Now, what does that sound like? She's like, ha, eh ha. I love her confidence. She's like, I did it again. I'm unbelievable. It's like, you are, sweetie. You are very unbelievable. You are great. That's just, that's so cool. So Jesse goes over to the bed, sits on the bed with her, gives her a kiss. Like, oh, I'm so proud of you. And he's like, all right, I'm going to tell you something. We're going to read a little bit each day. And before you know it, you're going to be reading the book. And she's like, what book? And he's like, uh, and the cat in the head is right there on the bed. And he starts out with, you know, because she doesn't know the, but of course, who pays attention to the. And he points and like, what's this? And she's like, cat. And he's like, in the. And she says, hat. I'm like, right on sister. <laughs> and he tickles her. oh, And that's how this scene ends. I just, ah! I love it so much. And she's just, just, he's got so many teachable lessons and examples of you know, him as a kid and just him giving up and stuff in a way to kind of say, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let that happen to you, Michelle. I'm not gonna let you fall through the cracks. We're just gonna work with each other a little bit, you know, and it just, oh, that's so great. He is such, he is such a good guy. I mean, something, you know, his methods sometimes oh, are so funny, you know, for laughter, but it's moments like these that I just, they're precious and I just, I treasure them. I treasure them. I just, I mean, honestly, I really like, we get more of their relationship and the involvement over the eight seasons than we really do with Danny and her. Because we know, if you think about it, it's kind of about Jesse and Michelle. And overall, Jesse's growth from season one to being a biker, rocker guy to meeting Becky and, you know, wanting to, you know, have a career in advertising and then in music and everything. And it's just like, and, and even Joey with, you know, his comedy, but then he's also going into advertising. And then he and Jesse with the Rush Hour Renegades and everything and just him wanting to be a comic just like, these guys have moments in their lives where they, they get frustrated and they want to give up and it's like, it's not worth it. It's like, no, just keep plugging away at it. And just like, you're going to be successful. You just got to, you got to hit those, hurt. you got to j- jump over those hurdles. You got to, you know, those little bumps in the road. They're just, those, they're little bumps in the road.
3: Hey Michelle, how's your reading coming along?
4: I'm I'm too dumb to read. Oh, no,
3: you're not. Hey, now that kind of talk stops hey, right you, here, young lady. Come here, I want to talk to you. Well, if anyone knows about being dumb, it's your Uncle Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let, let me go back and rephrase that. I
4: uh-huh.
3: Right, see, when I was in first grade, right, there, there were two kind of reading groups. There were the bluebirds and the robins. And I was a robin, and everyone knew the robins were kind of slow readers, so I thought that meant that I was dumb. So instead of uh, spending my time trying to learn to read, I, I spent all my time beating up the bluebirds.
4: So you're dumb like me?
3: No, I wasn't dumb. That's the point I'm trying to make. I thought I was dumb, so I gave up trying. I mean, I got bad grades for a long time, and then I realized that I'm a smart guy. And I'm not going to let the same thing happen to you, because you're a smart girl, young lady.
4: Oh, please.
3: <laughs> oh, please yourself. Now start reading, all you have to learn is one really cool word, okay? And I'm going to teach it to you right now. You ready? Here is the word. Which is cool.
4: some okay? Word you now, in this
3: word, the A There's sounds like ah.
4: Here we go again.
3: You just stick with your Uncle Jay, okay? The A sounds like ah, and the T sounds like what? What sound does the T make? Tuh. That's right, tuh. Okay, now put them together, and what do you get?
4: Atta. 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 At. There okay. you go. Yeah, you just read at. I did?
3: <laughs> yeah, you did. It's great. Now, now, what sound does the letter C make?
4: Cuh, like Clorox. <laughs> All right,
3: so your dad's been teaching you. All right, cut. Now, here we go. C and at. Put them together. What do you get?
4: Cuh, at. Faster. Cuh,
3: at. Cut.
4: There you go. I read cat. She just read another word.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, this chick is on fire. Reading high fives. Can you dig it? I knew the it. chick. Alright. Let's try another one. The ever-popular H. Okay? Now what does that say? Ha uh, hat. Alright!
4: Yes. I did it again. I'm unbelievable. <laughs>
3: Wow, I'm so proud of you. That's terrific. Now, I'll tell you something. We'll just read a little each day, and before you know it, you're gonna be reading a book, I promise. Which book? Well, hey, hey, this is the perfect one. Now watch. Now when I point to a word, you say it, okay? The cat in the hat. Right on, sister.
0: Yeah,
2: girl. Yeah, Alright, let's jump downstairs for the final round of this home version spelling bee. As Davey spells Epiphany. And Danny tells him that's correct. And Davey's like, look, Stephanie, I'm sorry, but I, I gotta go home for dinner. And Stephanie's all like, hey, you quit, you forfeit, you, Meister. And I'm like, sweetie, do you think he's gonna give up that trophy just because... What? Where? I just I don't understand her mind process. What is she thinking? She's gonna get bragging rights? Like, oh, if you forfeit them, that automatically means I'm the winner. It's like she's she wants a do over for her, you know, deer and headlights display on stage. Like he's not gonna give you that trophy, so you can just put that out of your mind right now. And I just feel, I mean, I don't know what she's expecting. She, she wants clearly bragging rights to be the best speller. She wants to get one over on Davy Chu. But it's like, it's almost, i part of me feels like she wants that trophy. She's like, dad, next word, please. And Danny is like, all right, this is going to be the last word. It's like, he's probably like, I gotta get we gotta get dinner served, sweetie. I I just this is fun and all in the beginning, but it's just like I got I got stuff to do here. So he gives her the word sarsaparilla. She spells it with confidence. We cut to Danny, and he's he just got to look on his face, his face like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, Steph. And we cut to Stephanie, and she is just like kind of shooting daggers at her father, like. Why? And then Davy Chu jumps in there with the correct spelling saying there's basically a silent letter in there. Again, silent letter is gonna knock her out every time. Yeah, he puts emphasis on the word she was missing. Sarsaparilla. S-A-R S-A-P-A and then whatever the rest is spelled. Sarsaparilla spelled. Sarsaparilla. And Stephanie loses it. She loses her composure. Which, I mean, she's at home now. But then again, I mean, you, s- you heard her on stage. She was just... Oof. But before that, we cut to Danny. And even Danny's kind of shooting daggers at Davy Chew with his eyes. Like, man, that's correct. You really are the human dictionary. So Steph is... Oh, she's. she gets up and she's like, Now there's a silent R? I hate this language. And she just books it into the kitchen like forget it. Of course Danny's like staff and he throws down the uh, dictionary onto the coffee table. So Davey of course grabs his trophy. He's like well I gotta get home for dinner. I gotta say Mr. Tanner it's been quite a delectation and Danny's like after Davey leaves it's like delectation better not be a put down better not be an insult. I don't know what that word is but I'm gonna look it up right this second. So delectation Definition. Delight. Enjoyment. Pleasure. A feeling of extreme pleasure or satisfaction. Alright. Cool. That's good. (laughs) Of course it's a pleasure because he proved he's the human dictionary this kid. Like I had a delight in steamrolling your daughter in yet another competition where I prove I'm the best. I kind of get the feeling that I kind of, I'm curious about about what becomes a Davy Chu. We never hear from him again. He's just uh, this one-note character. And I'm just kind of thinking, like, the attitude that he carries, you know, he's very, very... What do you, what do you say he kind of borders on his behavior of kind of being a showboat or maybe a little cocky... Or maybe overly confident. I, I I don't know. I mean, I I think that once he hits middle school, he's gonna realize that kids aren't really impressed by he his niche is gonna be finding other kids you know that have similar interests with with his. But I think if he's trying to fit in, and it, it seems like with you know impressing. Like, elementary school, cool. They're they're into it. Like, you're the human dictionary. Junior high? Not gonna matter. That is not gonna matter. And I feel, if he carries this attitude going into junior high, those kids are gonna eat him alive. It almost kind of makes me think of the character on The Simpsons, Martin Prince, who worked hard to be really in elementary school with his productions and in class and his his work he always did really really well it's almost like it's like all this stuff I'm doing like that means nothing to these kids um it's from season two when Bart get, Bart gets an F and, and he's like my dioramas my my hard work my performances all this stuff that I do Like, it means nothing to them. And Bart just shoves him in the mud. It's like, prepare me to demonstrate. Shoves him in the mud. The kids are all laughing. Like, it means nothing. No. It's like, if that's the reason you're doing that, to kind of get attention, it's like, you're going about it the wrong way. Just, mm, I just, I don't know. But... I guess I was saying earlier, just I think it would have been interesting if they'd brought Harry back and kind of made him kind of a. Like, they kind of. He and Steph kind of fell out of. You know, you know he didn't exactly <laughs> give the greatest impression when we see Harry again in Nerd for a Day, which I'll be covering that in the Lessons Learned series. It just seemed like they kind of ended on bad terms, like they both kind of went their separate ways. And I just feel it would have been interesting to see them coming together, well, coming at the spelling bee and just like, oh, well, we used to be friends, now we're rivals or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But Danny now has to talk with Stephanie about what it means to be a sore loser. Like, she doesn't want to accept the fact that she lost out. She just, that's why she challenged Davy to another, you know, spelling war, I guess, if you want to call it that. And I'm just thinking, I've been thinking this for a couple days since I've been ruminating on this episode, something that kind of had been getting to me. And with Stephanie being the middle child, you know, she's not adorable, you know, cute like Michelle and says the sassy, funny things. Michelle's kind of taken over that role from Stephanie. She's not the oldest. She's kind of stuck in the, in the middle. And, you know, DJ's the oldest. So she's getting the attention. You know, Middle Age Crazy is an episode that centers on Michelle. Or Michelle, Stephanie being the middle child. So I could see this spelling bee for Steph. She's the best speller in her class. She was handpicked by Mr. Lowry. Imagine that confidence boost. And I'm just thinking it's like her one way to shine and stand out because she's clearly doesn't feel like she can stand out being the middle child in her family. This is another way for her to do that. And then to have someone else come along because she already heard the rumor, you know, about Davy Chu being the human dictionary and everything like that. And it's just he literally just blew her out of the water, which she was expecting it anyway. But it's like, here's another way that, you know, I thought I was good at something. You know, that set me apart. Because Danny even said, you are the best speller in this house. And, you know, that was that confidence boost for her. And to have just... I mean, doesn't that kind of stink? When you're, like, good at something, you feel you stand out, and then someone else comes along who does it a hundred times better with no effort whatsoever like things come so easily just, I mean it's like this is what I like to do this makes you know I stand out and stuff and then here someone else comes along with a similar interest and you feel like uh, with, with more success and whatnot. and you feel like well gosh you know
0: but E-P-I-P-H-A-N-Y
4: Epiphany
5: that's correct
4: Stephanie I'm sorry I gotta go home for dinner hey if you quit you forfeit two meister dad next word please
5: this is going to be the last word, all right? Sarsaparilla.
4: Sarsaparilla. S-A-S-P-A-R-I-L-L-A. Sarsaparilla.
5: I'm sorry, Steph.
4: Why? <laughs> because it's Sarsaparilla. S-A-R-S-A-P-A-R-I-L-L-A. That is so stupid. Why would you put it R for me? Man, that's right.
5: You are the human dictionary, aren't you? <laughs>
4: are i hate this language same here steph. i hate it i gotta go home for dinner well mr tanner i must say it's been quite a delectation
5: <laughs> yeah certainly has delectation better not be a put down <laughs> steph i'm really disappointed in you
4: i know you said it was a winner but let's face it i'm a loser
5: i'm not disappointed in you because you lost I'm disappointed because of the way you lost. Honey, you were a sore loser.
4: That's because I hate losing. Who doesn't? He likes to
5: lose. But everybody loses sometimes. You did your best, you tried your hardest, and Davey beat you fair and square. Why didn't you congratulate him?
4: Because I was mad.
5: Were you mad at him for winning or were you mad at yourself for losing?
4: Do I have to answer that? Yeah. I guess I was mad at myself. I just wanted to be the best.
5: You are? You're the best speller in your class. You might even be the best speller in this house.
4: Dad.
5: Okay, you are the best speller in this house. (laughs) Sweetheart, you have to be proud of your accomplishments. But no matter how good you are at something, there always may be a Davy Chu out there who might be just a little bit better than you are. It's just as important to be a good loser as it is to be a good winner, honey. You're right.
4: I'm sorry, Dad. I can't wait till I lose again so I can show you how good I am at it.
5: Now you're talking like a winner.
2: I gotta say, this talk between Danny and Stephanie was spot on. Stephanie's sitting at the table with a soda. Danny's standing in the doorway and he says, Steph, I'm very disappointed in you. And as he should be, it's like, what was that? And Steph is like, I know. You're, you know, I I just... You said I was a winner. And face it, I'm just a loser. And I think, well... Once you think, like, automatically, like, you're a winner. It's like... in, You know, you have to have the confidence of a winner. You gotta go in with, like, I'm gonna give this my all. I'm gonna give it my best. You go in with a... Poor attitude you're only making yourself look bad I mean even me I mean I've gone into things thinking like for example I brought this up several times the whole thing with that that raffle with the 101 Domations VHS I was so confident I was so confident in that raffle that I was going to win it like that movie was made for me it's like it's fate I'm going to get it and just hearing someone else's name called, I couldn't accept the fact that I didn't win. I just come think, well, it's clearly a mistake. And I go up there and only for my dad to say, they didn't call your name. And just, I mean, I know it's not the same as Stephanie competing in Spelling Bee and whatnot. But it's just sometimes you go in there like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna be the best, I'm gonna, it's like you got it in your head like you can't fail, you can't lose. And then when you do, it's like this crushing defeat that just, just buries you. I don't know if you all feel that way, but I guess, I mean, sometimes it just, it's like that, like, um... Another way, when I was in second grade, and they were doing the Young Author Award, you know, contest, and I, I go into it thinking that no one in my class, my class was like eight to ten kids, I go into this excited and thinking no one else is going to take this seriously, so there's no way that I can lose. I just like, or or just the like, oh, no one's going to take this seriously, so I, I mean, and it seems like. Or no one else is as into this as I'm into this. So there. it's basically no contest. I mean, so that is not the best way of thinking to go into something. Because it's just like, you're going to wind up disappointed. So Danny sits down across from Steph and says, I'm not disappointed that you lost. I'm disappointed in the way that you lost. It's like how you handled it. And he says, honey, you were a sore loser. Of course, to Stephanie's (laughs) credit, as anyone does, she's like, that's because I hate losing. And he's like, well, honey, nobody likes to lose. And I'm like, who does? Nobody likes to lose. Sucks. That's why nowadays in sporting events for kids, it's like, there's no losers anymore. Everyone's getting a trophy. Everyone's getting a participation trophy. just, Just for showing up, you're a winner. It's like the fact that children can't handle, society apparently has it in their head that children can't handle massive disappointment. This is, that's not healthy. Kids can't think that they're going to win at every single thing. Because it's not true. And you're just setting them, (laughs) you know, kids to be disappointed. Disappointing, you know, kids are just. It's literally. You, you win or lose, that's how you do it. You go in with the confidence. If you lose, then it's like you just. You deal with it and say, hey, I'm gonna do it next time. You're like, you're that much more like, I'm gonna. I, I didn't win this time, but I'm gonna sure like study or. or or, or be ready next time like really like i'm gonna be much more prepared than you know learn what maybe you know mistakes things that mess tripped you up the first time and just like go at it and all right i learned what i did wrong here and then i'm ready for when it comes around again yeah it's just it's a learning a a learning process it's he says, like nobody likes to lose, but everyone loses sometimes. And, you know, you did your best, you tried your hardest, and Davy Chu beat you fair and square. Like, why didn't you correct- congratulate him? And Stephanie says, well, because I was mad. And, he, and Danny asks her, well, were you mad because you, because he won, or were you mad because you lost? And she, do I have to answer that? And he's like, yes. And she's like, I guess I was mad at myself. Sometimes it seems like when you're mad, really mad at yourself and you don't want to accept that you, you know, I'm not saying you as in you, the listeners. I'm just saying sometimes there are people that they can't accept the fact that they didn't win that, you know, and it's in a way, sometimes it's easier to be mad at the person that won instead of being mad at yourself. Honestly, it's terrible. I mean, but I like how Danny is holding Stephanie responsible for her feelings and the decisions that she made. Yeah, she says, I was mad at myself. I wanted to be the best. And he says, you are. You're the best speller in your class. You might even be the best speller in this house. Okay, you are the best speller in this house. And like, yes, Stephanie, you didn't win the spelling bee, but you got picked. Out of all the kids in your class. What an accomplishment. That is something that you can. Just. Take pride in that. Almost like. It's almost like she felt like. Okay I've conquered this. I'm going to conquer this belling bee. It's like. Sometimes there are going to be people out there. That are going to be a little bit better than you. And it sucks. But. I love when he says, you might even be the best speller in this house. And she's like, Dad. And he's like, okay, you are the best speller in this house. And he tells her to be proud of her accomplishments. It's like, yes. Be proud. And he tells her, you know, even if you, are like, great at something, there always is going to be a Davy Chu out there that might be a li- a bit better than you. And he tells her it's just as important to be a good loser as it is to be a good winner. Before I finish this up, I gotta ask you guys Did you think that Davy Chu was being a good winner? Do you think that it, being a good winner is. Yes, you get the bragging rights, but basically, it felt like he was shoving that trophy in her face. Like, almost like, na 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 na, nah. look what I got, and you don't. Like, that's what's being a sore winner. Another Simpsons reference when um, Bart ran that soapbox derby race and he had the trophy, and he was like, he and Homer both were going at, nah, 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 nah. and of course, Marge tells him there is such a thing as being a sore winner. And Bart's like, well, I never won anything before. I may never win anything again. I want to enjoy it. But it's like, yeah, come on. Just win graciously. (laughs) Just be happy. You don't got to throw it in someone's face. So Stephanie says, you're right. I'm sorry, Dad. I can't wait till I lose again and show you, you know, make you really proud of me. And the thing I was just thinking of, I mean, Michelle wasn't there, but Stephanie... You are setting an example for your little sister, even though she wasn't there. I mean, look at all the, and there were other kids younger than her in the audience, probably, you know, watching their siblings up there. It's like, look at the example, that poor example that you're setting by going up on stage after you were eliminating and trying to spell someone else's word. It's just showing that you couldn't handle the fact that you lost that's not health. That's not good. <laughs> and he says, now nah, you're talking like a winner and they hug. And that soda can is just sitting there. Oh, it says cola on it. I guess before we fade to black, it looked like he was having her like spell another word, but I don't know because I can't hear over the clapping and the uh, outro of the show. Because he starts like, pointing her finger as she's like mouthing some word. Because he says, can you spell, and I can't tell what word it was that he was going to have her spell. Now, I was watching the scene with Michelle's dress and her, you know, ponytail and everything. And yes, it was probably changing and stuff. And But as far as the board that was showing, you know, that DJ was working from, and so I didn't really notice too much. But then again, eh. Sometimes I don't get so caught up in those details. Alright, so that was the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. So time for my segments. I think the first one, of course, is going to be the best outfit of the episode. Alright, so best outfit of the episode. I'm going to be biased here. I'm going to give it to Jesse with a red shirt with the gray, black, white stripes running down the front of it. Worst outfit is going to have to go... I'm going to actually give it to Michelle, first of all. And I just I didn't like the flowery beige-colored dress that she was wearing during the uh, learning how to read slash spell. It just... Mm. And I think runner-up... I'm going to cut Becky a break this episode... Because I did not like Stephanie's. I mean, she had some not the greatest outfits, but that white sweatshirt with the like drawn on, you know, gel heart, you know, square, heart, circle, whatever shapes. Eh, I'm not really feeling it. I granted that uh, pea green shirt she wore with like music notes and shapes was not that great either but alright so for the Tanner Teachable moments there's two of them of course one for Steph one for Michelle for Steph of course like I said it sucks to lose but you could handle it like a jerk and not congratulate the winner and you're going to look bad to everybody. Uh, I know that's kind of harsh. Or you can say, hey, I didn't lose, I didn't win this time, but I can always win next time. And just be a gracious loser and just like, hey, you did well, you spelled good, You, you won. Congratulations. Thank you for the competition. Granted, If she said thank you for the competition, he'd probably say, what competition? know. In Davy's case, come on. Nobody likes someone who's going to showboat. It's great that he won, but when you're shoving that trophy in my face, I'd be like, uh, no, no, no. Mm, no. I still kind of feel that Davy's parents might have... Kind of been pushing him. I think that maybe from a young age, just to to stand out and everything like that. And then I think over time that kind of maybe gave him a bit of a complex. Which, like I said, when he gets to junior high, that that stuff you're gonna have to rein it in, buddy. You're gonna have to rein it in because they gonna kids are gonna eat you alive. They're not gonna care about that stuff unless they have the national, you know, honor society and stuff. And he's gonna hang out with you know those that really are into the academics and all that stuff. And, you know, he's going to find his niche. But if you're just looking to impress the general populace of your class, eh, you're going to have to find something else. Um, Which, a good example for that, and then I'll get on to Michelle, is um, Season 5, where Max gets to skip a grade. He starts junior high. And we all know Max. We love Max. But he does tend to, he's sometimes a bit of a showboat and um he realized you know he he went to school with a briefcase and the kids all kind of laughed at him and teased him cuz it's like no one here's like that no one here is kind of uppity like that and he immediately was like I got to change my look I got to change my tune he's kind of he's like I got to assimilate to the other kids so I won't get teased and then we get to learn a little bit about um how DJ and Kimmy Matt and everything like that, but okay. So now on to Michelle and Jesse. I really, really like that. I think that that is probably one of the you know start your kids, you know, probably kinda of early. Just, you know, don't push them. Don't push them, but just Kind of just go, you know, go easy, go slow and everything and everything. You know what I mean? I mean, like I said, I, I don't have kids, but I just see, like, if I did have a kid, you know, take it nice and slow. Just get them to enjoy reading because if you start pushing something on them, the kid is going to resist and they're going to be like, no, 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 you know, make it fun and enjoyable and, you know, relish their accomplishments. You just say, like, great job. You're doing awesome. I'm so proud of you. You know, don't like, oh, they mess up once, and you're like, oh, you're not smart, you should know this, and this, don't, don't do, don't put the, no, 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 just. Encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. Actually, in both, in both situations, even with Stephanie, it's like, you gotta learn how to lose graciously. And I figure if you go into it thinking there could be a chance. you might lose you might but don't go in thinking I'm absolutely gonna lose but just go in there say as long as you give it your best you give it your all then that should be all that matters sometimes you're gonna win sometimes you're gonna lose but you know just just play the game and just, just have fun and chalk it up to a learning experience really Alright, so for next week, we are moving on to Fuller House for the next Back to School Part 2 series. So let me jump on to Fuller House here. Season 3 best times at Bayview High season 3 episode 12 aired December 22nd 2017 which is funny because that's 3 days away from Christmas alright so in this episode Jimmy and Stephanie take a step toward their future as Jackson and Ramona begin high school so yes look forward to that episode next week also I got some um trivia awards to to give out. We pull those up. One last thing of course I didn't do relatable. I'm going to say I'm going to go with relatable with Michelle, just you know learning how to read and I learned with the um probably with the letters on the uh on the fridge and you know the letter people and you know fun with Dick and Jane the the book and sounding out words and Nat the Cat uh, in first grade. I was so excited when I finally was able to, because I actually, it was kind of weird. Well, not weird, but I was in a reading, because, you know, my class sizes were, like, really small, like, 8, 10 kids. And I was basically in a reading class by myself in second and third grade, because, you know, I was advanced. And because I loved to read and everything. And I remember in third grade when they're, um, you know, the second graders, because it was second and third grade, and I was in third grade, and the second grade, they're learning a word, and I knew what it was, I kept raising my hand, and I was like, no, put your hand down, let the other kids get it. And I'm like, uh, I can't really think of any instance when I was a sore loser, I mean, if you want to count that time with that raffle, and that 101 Dalmatians movie, and where I cried, and the, the person who won it just handed it in the, the VHS to me and I swear I was so I didn't cry on but I was just so heartbroken because I was so convinced I was going to get it but alright so we have Michelle who got the trivia question Davy Chu but the bonus question um, with what book does Michelle learn how to read unfortunately she didn't get that one but that's alright that's alright Alright, I am awarding partial credit to JP5683 from Instagram. He got part of the name right. He got Davey something. Alright, I'll award you partial credit as well as an honorable mention. And also, shout out to Lauren who got the trivia, Davey Chu. And also, the bonus question what book does Michelle learn to read? Well, the title anyway, The Cat in the Hat. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. And remember, if you want to send your thoughts about Full House or Fuller House, you know, your thoughts on episodes, your opinions on episodes, your top five, top ten lists, I'd love to hear them. Just send them to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you even want to send an audio clip, if you comment on an episode that you, you have a pen, you want to, you know, like, hey, I like this episode, but I didn't like this, or something like that, I would love to include you in the podcast and get you, you know, talking about your full house, fuller house love. So, yeah, send an audio file to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And, if, like I said, if you're listening to the podcast, you enjoy it, get on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave a review. And please remember, guys, please stay safe out there. Bye-bye, everybody.